Hello, true believers, and welcome to another issue of Four Color Commentary, the continuing saga of four comic nerds and the books they love. Representing the great country of Canada, I'm Alan. <laughs> You're Canadian? Partially. Representing these great United States, I'm Chewy. Representing the fine people from below the earth in the deepest, darkest regions of heck, I'm Ian. Representing the state of Texas, I'm Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Representing the country known as Texas, the independent Republic, Republic of Texas. Of Texas. Uh, I think my, I think one of my great grandfathers was like French Canadian. There's that no makes Canada sense. like French Canada. It's yeah. the best Canada in the land. It you is. look the Canada. Other Canadas are hardly fur. Canadas, and if you live there for one day, you'd understand. Mm. You'd understand. Okay. That's from South Park. It Canada's is. where they have milk in the bag, right? Uh, they I do. Mean, they have they have that in multiple like places. In the store or just at the school? Have you wait? Have you also? I've had that in America. No, well, not. No, a bag. I've had it. At have you had a triangle of milk before? Where it comes in like a triangular weird carton? I have. No. I'm gonna look this up. No, I haven't uh, had triangle. We, let's milk. move forward with the business. I've no, had no, bag no. milk. I've had Tri- bag milk at school. But I'm curious, like, do they sell it like a, a gallon bag yes. of milk? Yeah. Really? So every they have, yeah, you everybody have a has a pitcher, right? That you Kay. put the bag in, Kay. and then you cut a hole in the bag. Weird. And that's your milk. Huh. Weird. Yeah. And so they just, instead of getting like multiple plastic gallons and wasting resources in landfills, you never, had, a, you never space, had milk that came in a package like that. No. No, that's weird, dude. The bag yeah, seems, seems more natural. The pyramid of milk. <laughs> the triangle. You rip <laughs> off the top, and you. Oh God! Is that like the Illuminati trying to sell us milk? I guess maybe. It's yeah, not it's a Bill Cipher to just draw like an eye yeah. on it. Anyway, um, welcome to the show, folks, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. I don't know why they said that at the circus because boys and girls kind of covers the children of all ages, isn't it? I I mean I don't know, man. Not everybody's binary. I guess I'm a thirty year old, <laughs> a thirty year old child. So I guess that, that covers the ages part. There you go. Um, so uh, welcome here, uh, and uh, if this is your first time with us. Hello and welcome. If you're a returning four color cadet, welcome back. Uh, we'll crack promise. open a triangle of milk. Crack open a triangle of milk and sit down Psst. for a heap and help in a comic books. Cool, 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 cool. Um, so uh, before we get into the show, a couple things you guys should know. If you like our show and you want to reach out to us, we do like getting emails and tweets and things like that. Uh, so easiest way to do that is to go to our website. Go to stuffandthingsnetwork.com. Click on the four color commentary. Is that uh, the name of the show? Yeah. The Four Color Commentary Show artwork. Uh, It'll have a picture of all four of our goofy faces on it. Uh, So you can click on that and you can listen to the show right there on the website. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play if you like what you hear. Uh, You can also reach out to us on social media. We have Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, and Instagram. Uh, So any of those sources, we will gladly accept messages or pictures or whatever on. Uh, You can also uh, reach out to us via email. There is a contact us button on the front page of the website. Fill out the form. Shoot us us an email. Let us know about some comics or some news or something you want to ask us. Um, all of that at stuffendingsnetwork.com. So, even though I know a lot of you guys are probably returning listeners, for our new listeners out there, uh, we like to follow the good old mantra that Smile and Stan Lee had for Marvel Comics in its early days, which is, every comic could be somebody's first comic. So we like to take that mantra here and introduce you guys to who we are and what we do. So, without any further ado, the moment you've all been waiting for, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Alan! Who are you? And what gives you the right? So my name is Alan, and I like a lot of things, but my niche seems to be... I'm just going to skip over that from Your now niece? on. niece? My niche. I have niche. a niche, or some people like to call a niche. Um, you have a nephew, though, right? I do also. Okay. I have uh, two niches and but a nephew. But not a... Oh, you do have... I have two niches. Also. Okay. That's... <laughs> Those two niches happen to be webcomics and manga, and I try to bring them to the show as often as I can. 
You can follow me on the Twitter and the Instagram at Marginally Talented, M-R-G-N-L-Y, Talented, where I draw things. Uh, you can see the silly things that I draw. I drew a, Zol- uh, a Zorlda recently. That was mm-hmm. kind of fun. Um, and uh, that being said, I really like art and panel layout, and that's kind of what drives me to a book. Hey. Hey, everybody. I'm Chewy. Okay. I'll be the one tonight that's using cough drops on the mic because I don't want to cough into the mic. Anyway, you mm, can... It smells like eucalyptus. Yeah, it smells like echinacea and lemon. Um, <clears throat> you can uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Chupacabra, C-H-E-W-P-A-C-A-B-R-A, and reasons why are because you want to talk about comic books. What type of comic books are my type of comic books, you say? Well, any type of comic books that are a little bit darker maybe with sacrifices or Mm. beheadings or gut stabbings or you know just various monsters and myths and legends uh basically a a comic book that's for me is one that you pick up you read and you're like man that's metal hey everybody uh i was gonna go hey this is homer simpson but no no hey everybody this is (laughs) now you've done it now you gotta finish it hey this is homer simpson um talk to you all you ladies in radio land um hello everybody my name is ian believe it or not and Uh, also boys and girls children of all ages yeah okay (laughs) i've done that twice already okay if i haven't covered all the demographics let me know all right um so uh hello everybody uh my name is say hi to dogs (laughs) did dogs listen to our show no, it's Are there dog too low comics? of a pitch for them. Comic dog. I mean, I do create, dog comics. For I dogs? do release a dog version of the podcast, but it's just so high that our ears can't hear it. It just sounds like mm, silence to us. Somebody's. Um, so, hello, everybody. My name is Ian. Uh, you can reach out to me on the internet at, at iRich. It's at I-R-I-T-C-H. Why would you want to reach out to me? Well, if you like superheroes and things like that, you want to talk about who would win in a fight. That's I'm still a child in that. I'm the children of all ages in that argument where I will still argue <laughs> who will win against who. Uh, I am the representative typically of the big two. That's Marvel and DC on the show, uh, sometimes for better, sometimes for worse. But uh, anything really that has a good story uh, is the comic I'm drawn to. So maybe if the art isn't really grabbing me, but the story's super good, I'm more likely to stay engaged and stay with the book. Hi, I'm Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. All right. That's... I still don't understand why you guys do that. Because it's fun. All right. Uh, I am the resident old man comics dad of the show. Uh, I like comics as art and comics as literature. Uh, I like superheroes. Actually, I don't usually like superheroes. You like them. You They're just don't okay. like reading about them. I tolerate them. them. Uh, I like science fiction. Says the man who's watched almost every Marvel movie now. Yeah. Says the man who came into the show wearing a Batman shirt today. Uh, <laughs> I, I like science fiction and I like uh, fantasy and I, I like when things are weird and psychedelic and strange. Uh, I also like kid-friendly stuff. Cool. All right. Well, that is the four of us. And as I mentioned, there are four sections of the show as well as four of us. Uh, but we'll go through them one by one to keep the mystery alive. So let's uh, go ahead and enter the first section of the show. Let's head through the showroom floor off to door number one. The Open show it up. Room. And what is behind door number one, Ryan? That's right. Here's my yeah. issue. Well, it's, a, I, I, it's a squeaky door. <laughs> I was thinking more like, let's make a deal. Like, Monty, what's behind door number one? Oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> 
When people do musical bits, I just let them sing. <laughs> I knew you were going to let me do that. Yeah. And I'm like, I need an ending for this. Uh, here we go. Da, 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 da. No, okay. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, the first part of our show is called Here's My Issue, where each of us bring an individual comic book. Uh, we all trade them around. We read them. We talk about them. Talk about things we liked and things we didn't think were so hot. It's kind of like, as Ryan's favorite phrase that I coined, a comic book book club. Because he likes me book, saying book. the words book, book. So uh, that is what this is. So we uh, we all go around and share. And I believe, Chewy, you're the one who drew the short straw. So you'll get all this talking out of the way now about your book. Yeah. So uh, forgive the coughs. Sorry. He, he is, for he is ill, you see. I am. He's been having a lot of coffee. <coughs> Stop it, Ryan. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're making it worse. We didn't get any. I mean, those jokes come later because I don't think we got oh, any emails. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I brought a number one this time from Image. Um, the book itself is called Kill the Minotaur. And this book is created by, uh, written uh, written and created by uh, Chris Passetto and Christian Cantamesa and art by Lucas Kettner. Um, <coughs> sorry. We basically explore um, some of the myths that exist about the Minotaur and Minos and King Minos and all all that good stuff. Um, so if you like uh, if you like Greek myth stuff, it's pretty cool. Um, even if not, maybe that maybe there's something there for you. But um, as you can guess, there's some blood and there's some killing and there's some betrayals perhaps uh lots of stuff going on here i've been interested in it because i've i really really like <clears throat> this particular myth um i don't know just like the whole like labyrinth idea and like how all that came about once i learned kind of about it it's just so once i saw that this book existed and is um, more recent <coughs> i had to jump on it um so yeah so what'd you guys think uh, I don't know about you guys, but I am a sucker for Greek mythology. Always have been. You really, would be. really find it interesting. Um, yeah, that doesn't surprise me either. Yeah, I, 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 re- I just always thought it was kind of a cool thing, like the pantheon of gods. Probably why I like like superheroes because the same idea, like the yeah. Justice League and the pantheon of very gods. much so. Um, so this sort of stuff is like right up my alley when it comes to story wise. Um, nice. You have no problem grabbing me when it comes to this sort of stuff, which is weird because I'm more of a typically a sci-fi guy than a fantasy guy. But I found mm. that I've actually do like fantasy stuff a lot more, and this yeah. kind of fits into that realm of like historical and bit fantasy type stuff, which is strange. Like, if you would have told me when I was a kid that you're going to like Dungeons... I thought it was a miracle that I liked Lord of the Rings when I was a kid. <laughs> now I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. and I'm, like, all about it, so... Um, but story-wise, um, I, I I like what it's what it's setting up. Um, I, appre- I, I like the idea of the myth, um, and I like... <laughs> I like the unmit. I do have to say, Chewie, I do like the the ridiculous, relentless, horrible violence that takes place. Yeah, in this. they yeah. stab a guy, kick him into the ocean, and he's like, "Please help please me! I'm help me. bleeding and drowning." And they're like, "Yeah, leave him in there. Let, let him die. And then he's he dies. fine. He needs to die." Yeah, yeah it's it's pretty br- all because he was coughing. This book is yeah. brutal in a in a way oh, that no. in a way I'm going to say this. Sorry, this book Chewie. Is, this <sighs> book is brutal in a way that we don't normally see Chewie books. In that it's historical brutal. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like I don't a, know about historical brutal. I, I would agree with the first statement, but I would think that it's un unshuey like in the sense that it's brutalness for the sake of emotional yeah. story yeah. support. <laughs> it's not it's supposed to just it's death not, for death's sake. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, it's not just chainsaws and yeah. <laughs> it's not entertainment killing. No, it's not. I mean it, it is still. Yeah, it is. Oh, it's very entertaining. Still, 
I, I thought it was interesting. Um, I read the the afterward from the um, from the writers, and they said that part of the reason they decided to do this was um, they wanted they looked at like like myths specifically the the story of the Minotaur, yeah. and they're kind of like, well, why? Right. Yeah. Like, why did they do this? Mm-hmm. And that like that is a pretty good like that's a that's a pretty cool hook. And I think I think before that I was just like, oh well, it's. Look at that! It's the story of the Minotaur. Yeah. Uh, but then, but then I like I read that and I, I reread it and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Like there's there's motivation. There's there's reasons you care about this because I mean I like I learned a ton of Greek myth stuff as a kid. Like mm-hmm. I I can recite a dozen Greek myths. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's never like one of the things with Greek myths is there's no character motivation. It's just no. like Zeus decided to become a goose and That's put a bir- put a baby in that lady. Was that yeah. put like, a bird in that lady? Then, then he became That's, a pig. That sounds like, a, bad, that that sounds like a failed Dr. Seuss pitch. That's, yeah. That was Zeus, Zeus the goose. No, that was oh, Zeus's God. favorite thing to do. I know, no, but oh, I mean, I'm well aware of Zeus, but we never his, get uh, the, but we never get the, the like why other than like, cause he did. Zeus felt like, Zeus you know, so this is, so I haven't been a goose lately. Given like a Superman going around goose, people given like a reason oh man gross given a reason for for theseus to show up uh yeah. on the island of creed and all that stuff uh made it it made it interesting I'm, I'm really curious to see where this book goes i feel like we didn't really get to the fireworks factory in right. this one no uh it was it was like a like well hey there's the labyrinth <coughs> yeah all right i mean there, there was a lot of like there was a lot of exposition in this book but yeah I think but i mean the moments, gotta set of, it up. The moments of violence and intrigue kind of made it like set the tone for what we're in for, yeah. which is like, this isn't just going to be like your grandpa's telling you a myth about this guy who went to an island and then fought the minute. No, it's like, there's going to be some, gonna be some stuff. There's going to be some cow guts. I, I almost feel children. like, I almost feel like it might've, uh, like, I think I would have liked if the beginning was a little more yeah. manga-y. Mm. Sure. It just like sort it, of started it, in the middle. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. You know, and then we, from flashbacks, learn <laughs> kind of what's going on. Yeah. But that's, I mean, yeah. that's because I've read a ton of manga, and that's I just expect that now. <laughs> I right. am. Um, I I think that the pacing was really good because I feel like they they could have done like a whole bunch of pages about them traveling from uh, yeah, uh Crete right. to, mm-hmm. to yeah. Minos, whatever. So they cut a bunch of that out, and I'm like, oh, that's super helpful because every beat in this book is an emotional beat. Yeah, it's so, true. So far in this first in this first issue, everything is an emotional beat. So you have pride uh or you have i guess you have sadness from king minos and you get a little bit of backstory there then you have pride from theseus uh and then you have fear from theseus yeah and then you have anger and then you have hope and then you have uh like being distraught i guess depression sort of yeah where, like when everything just goes yeah and turns on its head um and i thought that was interesting because for if you're gonna have exposition like, w- remember last time we read Batman Metal, right? There was a bunch of exposition. Yeah. F- but it wasn't for anything other than building tension. Mm-hmm. It was just information for the sake of, we're going to set this up for later. Whereas every time there is exposition in this book, it gives you character insight. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and like I said, like an emotional attachment to this character. Because I feel like this Theseus would be super easy to just be completely detached from. Yeah. He'd just be the super guy. He w- yeah, He'd he would either Batman. be... He would either be super powerful or just like a too yeah. big of a jerk to like. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> um, <clears throat> sorry. Um, what happens? <laughs> what one of the things I I really liked about it. Um, whereas, yeah, I, I did feel like yeah, we didn't quite get to the Fireworks Factory, and that's kind of a bummer. I think it served a purpose into just kind of 
that not exposition in the sense of like, okay, here's all the parts that are happening in the story. Cause there's still mm-hmm. a lot we don't know yeah, for absolutely. sure. Um, but I think it served the purpose of exposition in the sense of the tone for, um, you know, maybe what you think is going to happen is not going to happen. Cause mm-hmm. they're like, Initially, like, De- what's is it Daedalus? Yeah. Um, you know, he's like, oh, he's the mastermind behind everything, and, and he's dead by the end of this issue. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's beheaded, even after you think. Oh, that was, a, that was actually an awesome reveal. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was a really cool reveal. Because you think, you know, maybe he's getting scolded, or you're like, oh, maybe he'll he'll get killed for it. But, like, no. And then you, you have that moment where they're sitting there at the, at the quote-unquote feast before they're given to the sacrifice, um, you know, where they're just like, well. We lost our inside man. Yeah. All right. right. Now so we're I, just treading water. Right. So I think all of that's just the. Well, and then the, and then the king is like, "Isn't that right, Theseus, Prince Theseus?" Yeah. He's all, oh. Yeah. So it, it's one of those things where it's just like nothing is exactly gonna play out the way that that you want. Even in the beginning, where where Minos has that emotional beat where he's gonna sacrifice his daughter, and then he decides not to. Um, yeah. You know, in in and of itself, you're like, okay, well, he's twisting from what you think, but even then, he's like, okay, we're gonna prepare for war, whatever. But it, it just seems kind of like, well, we'll figure something out. And then the next time we see him, he's a complete psychopath. Yeah, you yeah. Know, he he's just he's stabbing dudes and kicking them off the you know the pier, and he he's just a, a total psychopath. So they, they do a lot where they set people up to be one thing and then cut them down to be something else almost immediately, and. I'm interested to see whether they keep with that second iteration of the character or if they're going to cut him down again and here's third version, fourth version. Yeah, yeah. You know, how many changes the character Or if he reverts back and we see why he's being duplicitous. Yeah. Yeah. So I I thought that was cool. Um, The art I thought was a little bit, a, a little bit different than some of the art we've been seeing recently. It's... I don't know what the word for it is. It, it like maybe it's because of the use of the lines, the additional shading. It mm-hmm. seems more quote historical, if that makes. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes me think of like um, like Prince Valiant in the newspaper. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. yeah like that kind of uh, you know kind of like kind of like old fifty style adventure drawing. But yeah. the, but I feel like what swords uh, and sandal, Alex Toth, kind of a thing. Yeah, but I feel like what balances that because I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. I feel like what balances that though is the colors. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. Mm-hmm. In fact, it looks like had they just put a different sheen on things, this would look a lot more photoshoppy. Yeah. Um, like we talk about. So Co- I kind of want to call this. I kind of want to call this postmodern. Colorist uh, Jean Francois Billieu. Amazing. Um. Because he, he brings these characters and these scenes to life. But, um, and I feel like that I kind of want to call it postmodern because it has this modern inking technique. Uh huh. Um. But the coloring and the panel layout and the the sort of sway seems more it, it seems like it's blending those two things like what you're talking about like the old school comic book stri- uh, strip inking mm-hmm. with the new style panel layout and and dynamicism if that makes sense yeah i could see that yeah, yeah i like the the colors it's like real heavy blue and orange kind of almost action movie mm-hmm. you know it's got that that kind of blue and orange thing there's a lot of red um and then but yeah, the colors are really, really good. It looks, you're right. It it just like it feels like a swords yeah. and sandals. Yeah. Like, 
it's great. And I really like the faces. This is definitely a book yeah. where nobody has same face. No, Everybody's no. got a face. And the faces, the faces do that, that sort of cartoony but serious thing mm-hmm. where like a guy can, he can yell and his mouth gets real big, but yeah. it doesn't look ridiculous. No. And like it works. Even though they all have very distinct features, it, it's not like, okay, here's your five main faces and then everyone yeah. else is blended well, it's, together. It, it's not like, okay, we got to make sure that Mickey Mouse always looks like Mickey Mouse, you know? Like right. it's, it's not like it's perfectly on model every time there's enough sort of like flexibility in the faces that you can tell what's going on right yeah so i i dug it and I, I, and the amount of research that went into like the outfits and the mm-hmm. architecture i think is huge in this book it must have taken a really long time to nail that aesthetic yeah yeah well i'm I'm glad to hear that you guys dug it. I thought it might. I, I was worried when I was reading it that it might be a little bit too much of like too slow on pacing for some of your likings or that, you know, the art style might be some. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. It, yeah, there's no time travel at all. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's got color. It's not just black and white and screen tone. Yeah. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, I think what I really like about this book is it does what a first issue should do. And it made me want to read more at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it kept me entertained all the way through. And at the very end, I want to know what happens next. Yeah. Um, and like I said, for me personally, that's not into gratuitous violence. The violence is like the violence level is definitely adult. Don't let your kids read it. Yeah. Um, but it it was it wasn't for nothing. Like yeah, there was a reason for it. It seems warranted. Yeah. It seems to fit within it. Which but. I'm totally cool with. Yeah, um, it, it's an image book, so it, it should be pretty easy to find. Um, I'm pretty sure volume one is out in trade form. Looks maybe. like it's coming out in July, or, so that would yeah, make sense. Soon. Maybe, yeah, like maybe the first soon. four issues or something yeah. like that. Um, but you can get it digitally as well as Brick and Morty. Um, <laughs> So I highly recommend not say that every time. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna do it. Um, yep. I highly <laughs> recommend checking thing. it out. I I dug it um, a it's, lot. I actually, fun fact, I have somewhere in all my notebooks. There's a song that I wrote about uh, the labyrinth and and the Minotaur and stuff like that. Ryan, doesn't it remind yeah. you of like the? It was like the first season of Venture Brothers where the monarch has the Minotaur <laughs> tattooed on his back. Yeah, and he's and he just basically takes this poor woman uh-huh. and makes her run through. Uh, uh, this gauntlet like a, in like their big cocoon yeah, and he gives this really big minotaur up. speech yeah. it's really it's really weird <laughs> all right <clears throat> all right so alan i yeah. believe you are next on, on yeah the so tell us about uh the the continuation of of manga month as we're calling it i guess manga now. month um so i brought more manga like i promised i would last time and this one uh i learned about this one from when we went to see the um viz media panel uh, at Comic-Con, and they say, we're going to have a book called Robot Laser Beam. And I'm just like, dude, this is going to be awesome. This is about like fighting robots. They go, nope, it's about golf. And I remember that we love Prince of Tennis so much, so I'm like, I'm going to bring a golf. Also, I like golf. I've, I I have golfed. It's you, fun. You would like yeah, golf. That am, seems just... You're such a Canadian. Yeah, I am white. <laughs> that happened. Um, <laughs> Isn't golf Scottish? No, I know, but anyway. look at them. <laughs> uh so this is you know uh this is about a uh, a kid who's very robotic in fact his name is literally roboto so they call him robo um wait and is his name literally roboto yeah yes. that's okay. his actual I thought was his nickname his nickname is robo yeah i thought robo was the short version of his nickname no okay. uh but uh that being said he doesn't he's very socially awkward he doesn't get social cues um but apparently he's really good at golf and his friends keep trying to get him to play golf. But this is what I love about this book. He doesn't want to play golf. Like, he doesn't <laughs> yeah. care. 
He's just like, like no, nah, I don't want to play I, golf. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah, I look. Is golf fun? <laughs> I, I don't. don't I just don't understand what the point of competition <laughs> is. It doesn't make any sense to me. Also, I love his design. <laughs> it's just the glasses. He looks like a One Punch Man had a baby with bleach. Yeah, uh, I could see that. Yeah, <clears throat> I like that he um, like to make him expressionless in a lot of panels. He just doesn't have a nose. Yeah, like it's just the and the half eyes. Yeah. So this story. F- Equal parts I like and it frustrates me. It what? frustrates me how good he is at golf and how little he cares about it. Because it's like that person. Well, you're you're the other kid. That other kid feels the same. Yeah, way. his best friend. Yeah, I I. But tell me you know, I well, I'm gonna I'm, I'll use another sports example for Chewy, and I'll use another a music example for me. It's like that guy who just knows how to play guitar really well and write songs really well. Yeah. But just like he's like, oh yeah, it's not really my thing. Oh, you mean my well? He kind of did it for a while. I was gonna say my brother, where he randomly like was like. I'm going to start playing guitar. And then like within the first month was way better than I was. Yeah. And I'd been playing for years. Right. And then he was just Because like, he looked at it from like, oh, this is how you do that. Great. Yeah. It's a machine. But like, <laughs> that's how he, he looks at golf. He, he did like, it. But then he was just like, so right. if I do this, then this will happen. Yeah. Or like for Chewy, I'm sure there's people on like when you've played on soccer teams in the past who've just been really good at it. And maybe has there ever been somebody who's been like really good at it, but was like, I'm just doing this because my mom makes me do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I used to coach, that those were like tough to work with kids because i'm like no you don't understand you're you're good really good at this (laughs) there's this one kid that was like so ridiculously good i'm like dude like this like college you get college for free for how good you are there were people you know and he was just like no it's fun (laughs) (laughs) gosh why do i want to win again no uh, but but at the same time on the other hand though i i totally get where that kid's coming from where he's like yeah, I just don't see the point. I'm sure I'm really good at it. I just don't see the point in this. So yeah. I don't want to participate. And I get it. Um, until the fi- it kind of le- it kind of gosh, and the meat cutes in this book, like the oh, he's see- that re- got really good golfer guys there, and he's like, oh, who's who's golfing so good? I guess I'll never find out. But then he keeps showing up. It's like yeah, yeah. And oh he gets, man, he's like, it's, it's the sound I'd recognize it anywhere. It's the best possible. Oh, uh, the way yeah. the one thing I like about manga is I know I'm not usually the art guy, um, but the one thing I like about manga is especially ones that are like this, where it takes a typically mundane or normal activity and just. Yep cranks it up to 11 kind of like in the way that Shaolin soccer does in the yeah. movie yeah. Uh, th- like when he sh- when he launches a golf ball that yep. huge like just like line perfect Atari logo line like of flying off of the uh, of, of the club I agree it's but great. my I, I also enjoy the like dust swirl patterns oh, yeah, around yeah. where the oh, impact yeah. happens yes, yes. <laughs> so it looks like it launched. and he just does uh, I like when he keeps hitting that hundred yard line over and over and over again yeah. perfectly uh like i i didn't think i would care much about this book because you know i'm not i'm not really a big golf guy but like i i enjoyed the they, they found a way to make me care <laughs> yeah i don't know honestly i don't I know how the, they did it but they I, did it i thought the same thing and i'm just i i didn't know what to expect mm-hmm. going into i sort of know what to expect i take that back um but uh i didn't know how they were gonna pull it off right. and uh it looks awesome. Yeah, I, I <laughs> yeah. really, really, really like this. Actually, I like, I like, I think the friend, the friend of of Robo is a good, like he's a good introductory character. Yeah. Like he's a good way to to get you in because he's like, yeah, like I really care about this thing, but I'm super bad at it. But it's <laughs> yeah. a lot of fun. You should do it. And he's like, no, you're really bad, and it doesn't seem like it's fun at all. And he's like, no, just try it, just try it. Like it's super fun. And he's like, oh, I tried it, and I'm perfect at it, but I don't care. And he's like. <laughs> 
What's wrong with you? <laughs> like that's that. I think he's a, he's just a good character because he's yeah. gonna be the one. Because you, you, me, the reader, I'm like, well, obviously we need to get, we need to get this guy into playing actual golf. Yeah. yeah. How is that gonna happen? Like clearly that that's the plot right. of the book, right? That's yeah. gonna happen. And I and I like that this character is just sort of like, well, I'm just gonna keep dragging you along till you do it. Uh-huh. Uh I think it's I think it's a kind of a fun way to do it instead of like some sort of contrived yeah. like he's gonna fall into it. It's just like his friend's gonna make him do it. Yeah, like eventually it's like, gonna listen, happen. You're well, gonna like it. And yeah. what ended up happening is that spoiler alert. What ended up happening is like he didn't want to play until guess what? He wanted to play. He like finally had a moment. Where like, no, I'd actually like to try to play golf against this really good golf guy. And he's like, he's oh like, wait, this guy's this guy did a thing that I I could I think I could do that. Also, yeah. I think what was funny was he didn't realize what a driver was. Yeah, and yeah. so he didn't realize what it did. Yeah, and then it, it sort of occurred to me as I was reading at that point. I'm like, he probably doesn't know what a lot of the rules are he like doesn't know that you have to change right. up clubs yeah, and yeah, yeah. approach the well, fairway that, differently well i mean i feel like if, if he's that sort of like analytical type of a person i mean it sort of seems like maybe he's got asperger's or something like that yeah that that like eventually like once once he like locks in like a oh there's a strategy and this all fits together it's like oh See, okay i i, I want to follow these rules yeah I, i'll try rules <laughs> you know I, t- I took it as how he was like okay this skill i can do this and i'm good at it whatever and his buddy's like you gotta use the driver man he's like no i i, I know but i use I, this I, yeah. this is what i use and i know how i do it and it's, it's like fine. no i'm really good at guitar it's, oh yeah dude but if you want to play like this you got to use the distortion pedal but yeah, why i'm like, using this, this well is fine. yeah but he's never actually heard distorted yeah, right, guitar exactly. before. and then finally he hears someone shredding he's like mm. oh Hmm, I might want to try that. That is neat. (laughs) Um, They did. They did that thing that I like. That like weird, like stiff upper lip thing when they're laughing at him. That they (laughs) did in the was it the boxing one or something like that. Uh, The Hajime. Yeah. I think yeah. I really like these sports mangas where they, um, or really sports comics in general, because we read a few of them. Even like I do love sports, sports comics too. Um, where they make the sports seem like like superpowers. Like that is what makes that's what really really sells you on it. Um, it made me want to go to a driving range. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of do want to go golfing. I'm, again I'm, 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 I don't. I don't. Here's the thing. I'm terrible at real golfing. My grandpa tried to teach me when I was a kid. I'm good at mini golfing. Yeah. But I'm terrible at real. I was kind of surprised. He was like, "Well, let's do. Let's play some <laughs> mini golf." <laughs> You know, I feel like that would be if, if I wanted to get a friend to play golf and I was really into it, I'd be like, all right, well, let's try just little golf. I, little I, golf. I really want to go to a driving range, though, and just see how far I can smack that ball. Yeah, I've never oh, tried that. Disappointed, buddy. Yeah. I know I am. I'm sure I will. <laughs> or, what more, or maybe I'm robo. Maybe, maybe I'm really yeah, good Yeah, maybe it. you're just my grandpa taught My grandpa good. taught me the form. He taught me how to do it. <laughs> I wasn't good at it as a kid, probably because I was like, this is dumb. I want to go play. Is my- golf fun? My experience. Yeah. I just like driving golf. around in the cart. I thought that was more fun. My favorite thing was when he uh when he was sitting in the car and he has the same blank expression, his dad's like, You seem more excited than usual. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I liked that actually from a dad perspective. I was like, Yep, that dad gets his son. Yeah. He seemed he seemed more excited today. Is golf fun? I wonder why he's asking me that. <laughs> but my only experience with golf was I, I remember was great, one time. I don't know why, because my dad didn't play golf. He, he got a set of golf clubs. I don't think they were particularly expensive, but he, he got a set of golf clubs. Your dad seems like the kind of guy to be like, I'd like to try this. Like, it, <laughs> you know, it was like, sure, whatever. Okay, you know, um, I think my dad did at some point too. Like, yeah. we just randomly ended up with like a thrift store set of golf yeah. clubs. Yeah. Like, like, dad, like, do you play golf? And he's like, <laughs> eh. well, now I can. Well, now I can. I was like, Okay. He, um, so I, I just, well, that's I, one thing off the I, list. I son. Like, now we have a basketball, a baseball, and some golf. There you go. I, I don't know have a volleyball like, and a soccer ball. I sort of fought with them. 10, I think maybe, or something like that, or nine. And I was just like, oh, the logical thing to, oh, 
golf clubs, those are cool. Those are kind of like weapons. Yep. So yeah. I think yep. we all yep. had the same yep. thought. So here. I went and I got it. But then when I was like, all right, I'm going to hit imaginary bad guys. My minute, my imaginary bad guy was a tree that I hit and oh, I no. bent the, the club. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, whack, whack. Uh-oh. <laughs> Put it back. I didn't do that, Dad. It must have cut. That must be how they cut. You don't know anything yeah. about golf. That's the type of club that that's is. how it is. Bent like that. Oh, that's the, that's the bent wedge. Yeah. Uh, my grandfather... <laughs> My my grandfather and my dad uh, would have been golfing for like a lot uh, like for a long time together. Yeah. Uh, and so when I was like ten or eleven, uh, they asked if I wanted to come along, and I just rode in the cart a couple times, and they were golfing. It was fun because I got to hang out outside, and like I, I got snacks all day. <laughs> normally, oh, yeah, Al- that's normally Alan would stay in the basement. That's totally true. <laughs> in, the um, ca- in his cage, but they uh, let him out. <laughs> but uh, uh, so then anyway, I got old enough where they like I started trying to learn. And then um, I got my own set of golf clubs, and wow. we went out. And every year, my grandparents used to go down to El Centro, which is like right across from the border of Mexico. Yeah. And they, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a campground there yeah. that had its own little nine-hole golf course. Uh-huh. And my grandparents would basically stay there for the winter, so three to four uh-huh. months. So we drove down there, and every year, it was me and my dad and my grandpa, and we would play that little nine-hole golf course every day and have like a three-generational tournament, quote-unquote. that's uh, And like do that. So I got like... Did you smoke them, Alan? Did you destroy them? No. My grandpa is really good at golf <laughs> really? because guess what Guess what he does on his, with his time off <laughs> when he's right next to a nine-hole golf course that's free. Okay. So he's just like, bump, Grandpa par, X par. laser beam. Yeah. Um... <laughs> No, but he got really good, and uh, I've never, I've never been good at it, and I get very frustrated with sports. So uh, there was one time I love this story. There was one time I was out golfing with my dad and our family friend and his son, mm-hmm. and my my family friend. I don't know why my dad is friends with this guy because he's the exact opposite of my dad. My dad is very like, for lack of a better term, like lawful good. And this guy's a little more chaotic good. <laughs> oh, I thought you were say chaotic Those are evil. usually yeah. a little more Honestly, chaotic neutral. you think that's weird, but usually you kind of have to have a yin and yang. That's probably yeah. why. Yeah, um, and so he asked us. And <laughs> yeah, I was man, chaotic good. This is white and I'm brown. Right. This yeah, is when I was like 19, I think. Um, 1920. And he asked us, like, does anybody want a cigar? And I just go, yeah, I do. And I've never told my dad that I've smoked cigars before. <laughs> He's never seen me do this. And I just go, yeah, sure. And I start smoking this cigar. Never looked at his face because I was way too scared. <laughs> You're a bad man, Alan. It was a good golf trip, though. It was fun. Um, <laughs> what, what I really liked about this story, though, Alan. Sorry, I thought no, we were sharing golf stories. No, it's it's. Was there other <laughs> golf stories? I mean, I, I can share you my 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 golf story. The way I hit thought, me with or, that golf story. <laughs> it's not really about golf so much as it's about I was uh, I was out on the golf course with my grandpa and I just didn't want to be there. So I was being a little, I was being a little oh, jerk. Yeah. And I and I How was like, you. all right, here we go. And I was like, I, I, I don't know what I, I don't know what I was doing. I remember I was sitting in the passenger seat and he was driving the golf cart like up a hill. And I like like a like in the like in a cop movie, like held onto the bar, like leaned out the side. <laughs> like tip yeah. the cart. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. oh God no. No, no, no. I was like, yeah. And I, I don't know. I said, like, I'm Batman or something. And the second I said that, my grandpa does a hard right. And, like, I fly out and roll <laughs> down the hill. And because he's like, don't stand up while I'm driving the car. Don't stand up. I, I kept doing it. And he, and he so finally he pulled up to lesson. me. He goes, he goes, hey, how you doing there, Batman? <laughs> you fine? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> like, like, here's the thing. Like, my, gra- my, gra- my dad's reaction was like, he could have broken his arm. My grandpa's like, oh, he's fine. Look at him. <laughs> That's a <the> grandpa <laughs> thing. That's the kind of the guy my grandpa was. He was like, hey, he's fine. Look at him. He's okay. Ooh, ooh, That's a guy lost his arm. Meanwhile, later on, he, he meanwhile, later on, he went golfing. 
drank too much beer and broke his leg when he got smushed between two golf carts. Oh, God. So my grandpa was not one to be trusted with golf carts. But I learned how to drive by driving a golf cart, believe it or not. He had his Yeah, I did, actually. I did, too. I learned how to drive. Well, drive by driving a golf cart. Uh, Um, Chewie, what were you going to say? I was going to say, what what I really liked about the story, because we've read sports manga before, and we've read manga in general, and um, shonen, you know, it's just like... um, you know, typically it's like, oh, I want to do this thing. And, oh, I don't know if I can, but oh, no, I'm going to fulfill my destiny. Yeah. This plays with that a bit by making the the guy not not reluctant to enter. So he's not like, oh, I don't know if I should. I don't know if I can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's more that he's just so apathetic to it. So he's got this natural ability. And it, it it's not that he's afraid to or that he doesn't know if he should and he's weighing out the moral, you know, consequences of it, nor is he like I've always wanted to be. He's just he doesn't care. Yeah. And and I haven't personally seen that take in a manga yet. Um I mean, I guess you kind of have it in One Punch Man, but Little bit. even then it's like you, you kind of get he's not not doing it and he's not, you know, like He's he's doing it. He just doesn't care. Where this guy yeah. he doesn't care, and he's like, "Well, I don't know what the big deal is." So it, it's it's kind of a weird twist on it to where the story it seems to be less about him. Is he going to fulfill his destiny? And is he going to do this? And what's gonna, it's more about what is it that's going to make him you know change his mind and and, and him realizing he actually likes this and. Right. Um, I think the interesting spin on it is he's got this natural talent, yeah. but he like doesn't know any of the rules. I think, I, honestly, I had so much fun reading this, and I really want to keep reading it. I think this is going to go, and it's relatively new. So, oh, I was going to go into the, where do you find it? Are we all yeah, good? Yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah man. Okay. It's good. Uh, it's so, yeah, you can totally get this on the Viz, uh, Viz Media app uh, or the Shonen Jump app. The first three chapters are free, so if you want to read what we read today, um, just download the app, go to the free section. Uh, or just search by series and the first three chapters are totally free to read. Um, super recommend this book. Yeah, that was good. The name of the, the name of the, the guy who made it is, uh, Tadatoshi Fujimaki. Mm-hmm. There you go. Cool. Um, so I believe now it is my turn. Uh, and I am it in the is. part of my cycle, uh, of, of books, uh, where I talk about uh, a licensed comic, but normally licensed comics that I bring, not usually they can they can be pretty okay and they can be pretty bad. Um, but this one I feel is a kind of a more classic look, which is kind of where I think I'm going to start try going forward with this is looking at kind of stuff that's licensed but it's maybe a little older. Um, I so as we all know, the new Ducktales series came out and um, it draws a lot from the original cartoon. Yep. Um, but in addition to that, it, it what the original cartoon drew drew from initially this draws from the new cartoon draws from even more which is the original donald duck and uncle scrooge comic series uh from uh, what like the 40s 50s 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 yeah um and uh i learned a lot i kind of did uh, some i kind of fell down a a well of sorts when it comes to learning about all this stuff and i learned about carl barks the guy who invented scrooge mcduck and was known back then. There was a couple different guys doing these duck books. He was known as the good duck artist because, because they didn't have credits. There was no books, credits. Right? Everything says Walt Disney on it because that's how it was back then. But Carl Barks, like if you like Ducktales, Carl Barks is the man for for you to like to think because that's all came from this. So I decided we'd nice. read um, kind of one of the more classic. I was looking because there's so much material. Um, I was kind of looking for one that was a little more classic and kind of the, one of the most well-known ones. So uh, technically, this has been released a multi- couple different times. Uh, if you guys want to read it yourselves, I'll tell you they're not really easy to find issue by issue, but they have these really 
beautiful Fantagraphic collections of Carl Bark stuff. I believe this one is in volume 14. Uh, and so uh, it is about Uncle Scrooge and, and Donald and the nephews going off and finding the, a lost city of gold uh, that is, what? well, sort of. <laughs> There's treasures and all sorts of different stuff they find. Now I will say this. I'll preface this before we get into it just so we don't address it or spend too much time on it. This was written in the 50s. There's a lot of... Yep. Not politically correct terms in here. It's it's not the worst it could possibly be. That's no, true. No, but it but it is. Choice. It does use the word Indian instead of Native American. Um, so bearing that in mind, <laughs> what did you guys think of it? I didn't. I didn't think I was gonna like this as much as I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was gonna be another Tintin thing, and I thought it was gonna just be a lot of words with no payoff. <laughs> See, I was gonna say I did like it because it was like, like Tintin. T- it but was... Never mind. Go ahead. Adam. Okay. Well, let me. I'll explain my viewpoint, and then I want to hear yours because sure. I I think that it is different from Tintin uh, because even though there is a lot of like, I feel like there's a lot of spinning wheels in the book. Yeah. Um, I think that it made up for it by having little bits of payoff along the way. Sure. Like, Oh, they did find the arrowheads and Oh no, a sandstorm. And Oh, mm-hmm. they have a plan now. And like every four to five pages, it was moving things forward yeah. and you can kind of see where it's going. Um, and it had like some really cool little tidbits, like things like, Oh, they probably went for shade or they went through the oases yeah, or yeah. there's this boat and it, they went through this weird log of this actual explorer that explored this territory. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was really fun. It seemed a little more educational. All right. It, it wasn't yeah. just, I, I, I like, I'd agree with that. It had that vibe. And, and I feel like if things are educational, you usually give them a little more leeway because mm-hmm. you understand that, <laughs> Oh, they did this so that they could pepper it in with this educational point. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of why I thought it was a little li- less like Tintin because Tintin has so much wheel spinning. Yeah. And this one just had a little bit less. Why well, do you think I, it's I like feel, Tintin? I think it's like Tintin because it's the idea of like just sort of some mundane people go and, and find something. Well, yeah. And it's a lot of panels per page and a lot of talking. Yes. And, you know, going on an adventure. It's, it's, I think you're right. I think structurally it's really different from Tintin. I think that's probably due to how they're both released. Because mm-hmm. this is, like, we read this in basically the original format, a comic book. Right. Right. Page, you know. Whereas Tintin, tw- you were getting on a page at a time. Yeah. Well, Tintin, yep. yeah, was serialized in, in two or three page chunks in magazines over a period of time. Right. Uh, and then collect it later. So it's it's, but yeah, you're right. There's there's definitely a lot of little payoffs. There's there's those sort of page turn payoffs that you see in American comics um, that you see less in European comics. Um, but I think sort of like from a from like a like a looking at it closely, a close look at the structure, it definitely is different from Tintin. But like a big look at the like a kid and a grown up kind of like just go wander out and and end up stumbling upon adventure yeah it, it is very tintin-esque in that I, way. I would almost argue doing some <coughs> research on this that this is kind of like the american tintin equivalent yeah like in a weird yeah, way Yeah, actually no that makes sense it's like it's the same sort of adventure comics like this was not a short book and uh, i mean and, and in those days too this was probably like again you're getting on a train, but you're going from New York to Grandma's house near Washington D.C. Here's what you're going to read. Enjoy. You spent ten whole pennies. Ten on this whole thing. pennies yeah, on you it. You better, better get your money's it. worth out of it. Um. So yeah, I I really really liked that element of it. Um. Here's the thing that I want to talk <coughs> about the art, but we had to, we looked at a version of it that is kind of scanned from an old newsprint. But I wanted you guys to see 
because I can't. The Fantagraphics thing is not available digitally. It's available on Amazon. You can get them, but they're expensive. They're like they're like good 15, 20 bucks each, twenty five bucks each. Uh, this is the, what they've recolored it to look oh, wow. like. Oh, that's yeah. way more vibrant. So Carl Barks yeah. was notoriously angry at the three color printing process from back then. And so this is how his art he wanted it to look. So three color printing is worth talking about. The the I mean. I'm a little bit of a nerd on it. Go ahead. No, no, please. Uh, please. Yeah, they, it's they, comics history. It's important. Like, yeah, newsprint printing, it wasn't like we're used to now in 2017, like four color, the four color process, everybody's yeah. used to it. Cyan, magenta, yellow, black, prints, pretty much every color. Prints red really badly. But besides that, um, that's what we're used to. But back then with newsprint, like it was three colors and one of those colors was black. Yeah. Like there were, there were the colors were really limited and the fades and stuff like that. If you read... Um, Actually, who, the one who does a good primer on it is uh, if you read the 10th anniversary book of Calvin and Hobbes, mm-hmm. um, uh, Bill Watterson spends like a couple of pages talking about how coloring has changed in newsprint comics while he like he talks about how it was during like um, Peanuts and then how it was in the early part of the Calvin and Hobbes run versus later part of Calvin and Hobbes run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like it's basically like really early and, and during this time, what they would do is like, they're like, okay, here's the 25 colors that you have that we can make from what we've got. They're numbered one through 25. Go number all the spaces in your comic. And then when we print it, we'll make sure that those number, that number color gets in that spot. Yeah. So, and the, so there wasn't fades. There yeah. wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot you could do. And, and so, yeah, that's why the colors are so yeah. weird, especially yeah. like in early Marvel. And you comics, can also see why, too, that's why Hulk was gray and then he was yeah. green. Well, they also couldn't really do it. Yeah. They also don't like, like if you look at the, like the version we're looking at, they don't line up in the lines. They yeah. Don't, the like, registration like, a little off. Can you imagine spending all that time being like, I have a perfect vision of how this should look in my head. And then this is what you get back. You're like, ah, dang it. Like, so I mean, if, and if you guys want to check this out, not only just reading the book, but if you want to just see what I'm talking about <coughs> art-wise, go on Amazon because you can do the look inside thing, and it lets you look at seven or eight pages of the, of the book. And it's actually the story we read like, is the first one in there. Yeah, it's so gorgeous. you can kind of get an idea of what it looks like um, versus otherwise. Um, I, I I put out a thing, Chewy. I know you haven't had a chance to take talk. Then I want to then I want to put some out there. What did you think? Because I know you're not a you like Disney stuff, but you're not a big like. DuckTales guy. I couldn't get it in this book, dude. Really? Okay. Yeah. Why? I was I was trying. I was like, all right. They're gonna they're gonna go like find some arrowheads. They're gonna go on an adventure. And then like this bugle like, you like, like the, the, beagle the, boys? the Beagle Boys, the Beagle Brigade. You're like getting picked kicked out of the poorhouse? Why is there a human running? Like, <laughs> this human weird. is interacting. That weirded me out too. Okay. I was like, I why? Clearly, that was a caricature. Also, yeah, also clearly that was Riverside supposed to be somebody. County. Yeah. Like, it's, it was such a specific mention to where I'm like, was this like made specifically for Southern Californians? <laughs> like, so, okay, I, I get that there's probably a caricature there, but I'm like, why not make them some sort of an animal like everyone else in this comic? And then the Beagle Boys... It's probably, it's probably okay. his editor or something. They're yeah. literally... It's like he doesn't give me any money. The, the, Be- the Beagle Boys are literally like criminals. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're, they're still wearing their prison numbers. That's how they always and This are, guy yes. isn't like, I'm going to call the cops on you. He, he's just like, they're oh, just, get out of here. I'm not going to give you money. They're just thieves. That, that's a criminal. Yeah, but they're not like murderers. <laughs> so, sh- okay, the next time you get something thieved from you, I'll, ex- look, I'll expect you to understand. Look, well, it's not murder. Sure. This is the world of <laughs> DuckTales. I'm not saying in the real life I wouldn't say stop that thief. I'm saying in this cartoon world, they're committing 
petty theft. They're yeah. not really committing. You know, I mean, they only robbed really. a bank. They are trying to. They are trying yeah. to steal the petty they, theft of robbing a bank. I mean, I we didn't see him do it. it. They also sort of steal <laughs> all the supplies from the ducks and yeah. leave them in the desert to die. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, but they get there. So, yeah, they find that ship. Like that. That whole thing. Like was just like. Uh, I mean, like I, I guess like if you don't introduce them, you don't have the conflict of the cave in later, but. I don't know. And then, I mean, okay, Scrooge McDuck. He's like, a, what is it, a fantastic trillionaire? Yeah. Is that what, it, what he is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Some money ridiculous. beyond money. Okay. Some ridiculous Even would he, like, a trillion dollars then was like, oh, yeah. More, like, way more than. After, yeah. Like, you after might as well the cave It would be the equivalent of saying a bajillion dollars, right? Yeah. yeah. After the cave he comes to, they all come to not having remembered yeah, where they, they are yeah. or why they got amnesia. I right. stopped at that point. But I'm like, okay, I'm out. They all have amnesia. <laughs> That's pretty much the fine. end of the story anyway. Fine. Yeah. fine, fine. They all have amnesia. But this fantastic trillionaire sees this group, this incorporated group of criminals. It says it on their shirts. And he's just like, oh, well, whatever. I don't care about them. How'd you, oh, how'd you guys hear? I don't know. We don't know either. All right. No cause for alarm for me and my fantastic trillions. Like, he's not alarmed at all. I mean, he doesn't have it on him. It's I know. It's all in a big still, vault that he's swimming in. But still, in. they could hold him ransom. You know, like... Yeah, that's true. You know, anyway. He's really, not afraid for his safety. They're, they're, not, giving, they're not that evil. I think, they're no, I think you're giving more credit to the Beagle Boys than they're doing. Yeah. This, is, this is like I mean, the Amoeba Boys. Th- you know what I mean? They're the strangling time. Scrooge McDuck in this panel right here, and he has his hand on a sword, and he says... Put on these tin. We put on these tin suits for fun, but we're through playing now. It sounds to me like he's a dangerous this criminal. This is the first issue of Scrooge McDuck, <laughs> nor is it the first time they've encountered the Beagle Boys. Oh, They're probably yeah. like, we got this. Which, which is this more is... reason to to report them to the authority to the human authorities. Maybe, apparently, maybe they get a kick out of them. This is the like, same. Oh, but I mean, like later later in the book, there's a there's a like a secondary story where. Scrooge ties a million dollars to a carrier pigeon and has it fly to the bank and then it doesn't right. fly to the bank and then he's like, oh, well. No, he's, <laughs> he's sad about it. He's sad about it, but then he's not like... He's Can we like, talk about the fact that it was a million dollar bill? Yeah. yeah. It was a single bill worth a million dollars. he's just kind of like, well, I guess he flew south. Well, like he can't... What's he going to do? What like kill when, that pigeon? That's what happens when birds use other birds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's like a slave yeah, bird situation. <laughs> he's Wait, why is that bird birds? not sentient? Again. Yeah. That's the question I had it's in the, the new old, DuckTales pilot. It's the old, Why are there uh, seagulls? It's the old, it's the old goofy Pluto yeah, thing. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. I'm like, goofy and Pluto. Oh, man. I, I still want to find the... Ooh. So I offered, anyway, I offered, right. I offered uh, a prize. The prize of just me. Uh, it's a no prize. It's a no prize of being just a good job for anybody who could spot uh, the thing that was later used in a big budget Hollywood movie. Oh, did yeah. Anyone, I already know the answer. Did, so. You already know it. So yeah. you can't participate. Did either of you spot the thing yeah, that the was boulder. later... Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm assuming the idol from Indiana. Believe Jones. it or not, that's where this i that's that's where that idea came from. from really? This. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Like Lucas and Spielberg have said it on the record. <laughs> like this. That's like, kind oh, of yeah, why there I was also this, this one. There was this issue of Uncle Scrooge. <laughs> where there was this and we wanted to do that at the beginning of Indiana boulder. Jones. Yeah. Wow. So honestly, that's where this came from. It's pretty crazy. Um, that is crazy. I don't know. I thought it was an interesting, just a different kind of look at a licensed comic, something that was like licensed, but is kind of well known in its own right. Um, I feel like if I ever run out of licensed comics to bring, I'll just bring more of these and I torture think, Chewie and he could, ask, think, he could ask more philosophical questions no, about no, the world look, of Duckburg. I think if you get rid of the Beagle Boys, 
and you cut the, this this particular story from this comic <clears throat> down by a few pages and just have them accidentally like trip the rock and and all that sort of stuff and they, they just accidentally do it to themselves I, I feel like it's more of a fun adventure at that point rather than like because the beagle boys aren't really a threat so why are they there there's no conflict i'm just saying if, if they're gonna be criminals, make them criminals. You're right, Chewie. We should have more murder and violence in this children's <laughs> We should. Absolutely right. They're thieving. <clears throat> How they all got out with all their limbs out, still intact, is, is, I don't is know. a I mean, tragedy. It's, it's, it's one of the things where, like, yeah, a comic, there's no way a comic would be like this now. Yeah. Like, even, like, an obvious, oh. like, even a DuckTales comic written in 2017, no matter how hard they try, could not do it. Would not it do it. Wouldn't. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the past but, is a foreign country, and it, it's it's weird. Yeah, there's I've stuff never that heard we, that before. That's incredible. You never, never heard that. I've never heard that. The past is a foreign country. The past is a foreign country. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. So so this is as foreign to us as Belgian comics. So from you the want to know what the other thing that weirded me out was? The other little detail that was just like, go for it. What? Because they didn't explain it. And in any comics nowadays... Let me they, see if I could expl- can, can what, elaborate. What, what do you think it is? I don't know. Don't uh, tell me what oh. it is, and I'll tell you if I can elaborate on oh. it. Oh. It, it was when they go to that professor, right? Uh-huh. They just go to a nearby town and find professor, find whatever, yeah. right? Like um, <clears throat> and they're asking him, like, where's this lost city of gold? And he says, where? Quien sabe? If I knew, I'd go there myself. And and there's no translation for it. Just like... Because I'm, I'm thinking about this from... From the standpoint of a child that's reading it, and it's in Spanish, I'm like, was it just like commonplace that like kids back then knew more like just weird little no. Spanish phrases? Well, no, but I maybe that so. would that would cause that would cause their them to ask, hey, what's this mean? Maybe. But I was just I thought there would have been like a little translation box or like you know, or he repeats it again in English or something. I, I was no, like, yeah, he doesn't. He just- it was cool, but I was just like, someone wrote that like, and why did they write it like that? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe they were doing research for the comic, and that's what the professor they met was <laughs> yeah. said. And like, I'll just, I'll just throw quote that in him. There. Yeah. Just quote him exactly. He's got a I big beard, was, and he's bald, and he's also a dog. I thought it was cool, you know, but <laughs> I was just like, interesting. Well, if you guys want to check this out, easiest way to do it is to go on Amazon, buy the Fantagraphics thing. It looks really pretty. Give it a shot. It's, you can also it's fun. go to your local <coughs> brick and mortar store. And get yeah, you the can also get them thing. as well. Um, they're they're available. They're available, but they're they're not they're not super cheap. But man, they are really pretty to look at. So uh, I have some Scrooge McDuck comics actually. Oh, do you really? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Good for you. Good for I'll you. To, pal. I'll have to let let you see them later. I'll have to check those out. Um, so now we move on to the final book of Here's My Issue, which Ryan, I believe, is yours. Yeah. Tell us about Wolf. Sure. I brought this book called Wolf. It's on Image. Came out a few years ago. Uh, writer, writer Alice Cott, um, art by Matt Taylor, colors by Lee Lawfridge. Um, and it is, uh, it's a book that really intrigued me when it first came out because it looks super cool. Uh, the designer on the book is Tom Mueller and, or Tom Muller. And just the cover and the coloring and everything are just, were cool enough that I was willing to pay money for it. Um, mm-hmm. But the story is, is, sort of this mix of things, but it's basically like seedy underbelly of LA uh, with werewolves and vampires and, and stuff. And Cthulhu, I was say, tell guys. us about the Chewy and book Cthulhu and stuff. <laughs> but, but at the same time, it's just kind of like, you know, seedy underbelly of LA, which you can, you know, everybody's a criminal and everybody sucks, uh, which is, that's, that's the, you know, if you've ever seen any movie about, 
you know, criminals in Los Angeles. That's the story. It, it sucks here and everybody hates everybody. It, it, yeah, it took me a while to figure out what's going on here. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, okay, so yeah, this, is, this is like a double length issue that introduces the story and it is it's a, a slow lot burn. of stuff happens. It's a slow yeah. burn. No pun intended. Um, it's, or it's, intended? it's one of those where it's like, well, we're just going to throw stuff, a bunch of stuff at you and not explain any of it. And yeah, it is like, I'm like, why is the man on fire? Oh, okay, so <laughs> is this like a witch? What is that? They, okay, they have superpowers? Okay, there's a Cthulhu man? I'm really confused. There's a racist guy? What's going yeah. on here like I, why is this guy saying f's in his words i'm confused is this a misprint i thought i, I read it two or three times being like okay did they I misprint just it, was like it an accent that's, well that's yeah. what i figured out but i was like oh but is it the same letter like i, I first i'm like there's no way they could just misprint that and I looked oh, yeah, it again I was, the guy says f's instead of r's yeah but then he, but he also does it for another letter too i don't remember oh, what yeah, it yeah. was i don't i oh no i'm sorry yeah i remember what word yeah. it was uh <laughs> i won't be repeating it on the show it's um some clever censoring some convenient <laughs> censoring yeah um it it's a weird book, buddy. <laughs> but it not, is. It's not it in is a bad really way. weird. Not in a bad way. But it's like this is this is a this is almost a chewy book, man. Like you got, yeah, you 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 walk the line like Johnny Cash on this one. Um, <laughs> what I mean, makes it a chewy book? Uh, chewy. Do you care to elaborate on what makes this a chewy book? Um, and it's funny because monster guys, monster yeah. guys, yeah. Gun, <laughs> murder. Off murder. the show, off the show. Undying last werewolf. episode when I announced this one, Chewy's like, "Oh, this is interesting coming from you." Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so what do you what do you think of this book? Um, I dug it. It definitely has that. I, I, you guys have pointed it out that sometimes I bring um, books that aren't always quite as like. And here's the thing that we're setting up, and here's the bow on it right here, and then we're gonna get to the next part later. Sometimes I bring things that are a little bit more um, obscure and removed, and like you, you allude to things, but you don't you aren't really clear on what you're getting at. Um, so I think this has a lot of that vagueness um, to it. And I, I think with the amount of stuff that's introduced, that vagueness could be a bit like frustrating if you're not going into the book with the right attitude. And that is that you're getting a, essentially like an, uh, a modern noir is what you're getting. Yeah. Um, that's, don't, that's really how I saw it. Yeah. You don't, you don't know if Wolf, really is like you kind of get the sense he's a good guy you know but based on like we're supposed to side with him but at the same time some of the stuff he does you're like he's not quite purely lawful good you know yeah um he's got kind of that punisher vibe to him a little bit yeah um but not over the top he's not going around just shooting people um they walk you right up to that door yeah. And they're like, we'll get back to that later. Yeah. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that was so frustrating. Um, <laughs> I, th- I thought it did a lot of cool stuff. It, it, this felt a lot. I only saw the second season of True Detective. This had like a True uh-huh. Detective vibe to it. But with uh, supernatural elements? With supernatural elements to where it's not I see that. weird that there's like a oh, Cthulhu man, guy. So good. You, gotta watch it. you know, um, <laughs> they did a smart thing here. And that's that they, they have a story that they're trying to tell and they're setting it in a world rather than trying to make the world the story necessarily, which isn't yeah. bad, right. but um, they're clearly telling just a crime story in a, in a tale of redemption um, with these monstery guys. So Yeah, I, like, I love the idea that it's a, like a noir detective story, that he's a paranormal detective, but they don't tell you that. They sort of let you piece it together. Yeah. That he's got like a bad reputation, or a good reputation, depending. Um, and that he... I like... It took me a while to figure out that he has this in, weird internal monologue. Then it turns out he's actually talking to people. 
uh, and then it turns out he's talking to spirits, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the reveal on that was really cool. Um, and it just keeps asking questions and it keeps asking. I think it asks a lot of the reader to. It does. It just keeps asking over and over. Just trust me. Just trust me. Yeah, Keep going. Just trust me. Um, which a lot of people like that's that's <coughs> gutsy. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. that's asking almost too much. Like you can ask the reader to trust you. Yeah. Um, on a couple different points. Like, I don't have to explain this. Just trust me that this is how the world works. Or I don't have to explain how the superpower works. Just trust me it exists. But to ask the reader over and over again to trust that the storyteller will come back and explain this character. We'll come Mm -hmm. back and explain this giant plot point. We'll come back and eventually make this relevant multiple times in the course of 60 pages. Yeah. Maybe multiple times in the course of 25 pages. Um, cause per capita, this book has a lot of that. Yeah, it does. Um, I think it's really, really gutsy, but I think the art style pays, uh, pays it a little bit. And I think that the dialogue is really, really good in this book because it is natural flowing dialogue. Uh, it does what I really like with dialogue, which is create a natural conversation mm-hmm. rather than exposition inside of what people should be saying, if that makes sense. So yeah, that people you. are not prop pieces to push the plot forward. Mm-hmm. The people are the characters inside of the plot. And so they don't have to say everything that they're thinking and they don't have to tell their, their friend or their confidant exactly what's going on. They'll get back to it, but that circles back around on the creator is just saying, you have to trust me. We're going to come back to this. Yeah. So it makes it a harder read. I think it's a much harder read in my opinion, but depending on the reader, like for me, it paid off Mm -hmm. and I really got into it, but it was a slow burn. Yeah. And it asks a lot of you in that first 20 pages. It does. Well, I can tell you from having read, uh, at least the first volume of this, like it's, it's one that I actually read individual issues for a while Mm -hmm. back when I was still doing that. Uh, and I remember, like getting issue like four or five, reading it and then going, oh, I got to read it all again. Yeah. And then and then rereading the first couple of issues and being like, oh, now, now I get this part. Now this thing makes sense. Now I see why this happened. Um, it's it, but yeah, it's a it, this is a this is that comics is literature thing, man. Yeah. Where it's where it's like, hey, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that's gonna happen that you might not get at first that you're mm-hmm. gonna have to really get into. Yeah. What'd you guys think of the art? I thought it was really interesting. It's uh, I really, it fit, re, really it unique fit too. I think it fit yeah. the story, which is, which is, for me, the thing that that, that really, to to me, when it comes to art, like the first thing I ever look at. I'm not a big art guy, as as we know, but like the first thing I look at is I go, does it fit the story? Because I've seen comic books where it's like wildly off base, where you're like, this does not work with this. Um, but this one, I think it really fits the way the story is being told, and it fits kind of the. Um, that's what I'm looking for. Fits the tone uh, and and the setting of the story too. So I yeah I, I like the art uh, myself personally. I like the art because it it looks like a mix between uh, Mignola and uh, Rosmo. All right. Yeah. I, I think that's I, see that. I, I think that that's what this reminds me of. Um, for for me, you know, I'll, I'll start by saying just because I don't want it to sound like I'm I'm you know dogging it. Um, I like the art. I think it fits. Um. It, it's got a good look to it, and it's got, like you said, it sets, it meshes with the tone. Um, it's a bit stiff at times. Yeah, I can see that. But um, it, it, in, there's times where I found myself being like, I wish it was a little bit more dynamic and a little bit looser. Um, 
However, having completed this read <clears throat> and really like reflecting on it, <clears throat> excuse me, I um I kind of felt that it was better the way that it is because um that that s- subtle stiffness that occurs from time to time mm-hmm. um kind of sets this weird like uncomfortable tone. Yeah. Like yeah yeah. Like if you're if you're collar on your shirt is just a little too tight you know mm-hmm. um and a lot of the situations in this book are like that like when he's negotiating with that guy at his mansion um when the uh <coughs> when that little girl is getting like driven around by the cops and you know everyone's talking about the murder scene that apparently she was just at and how traumatized she is um when he's talking with the vampires like there's times where it's just uncomfortably tense and i think the art does well to mirror that because it doesn't always mm-hmm. feel like that it feels pretty natural and at times it's just a little restrictive yeah i like <laughs> i like that it's really stylized i really really like the colors um the colors like most pages have one main color you know most it's it's all green or it's all blue or it's all brown uh with just little bits of of accent that kind of draw your eye around the page um i i yeah i just really like how this book it it just sort of like sets me it it sets me at unease a little bit mm-hmm. uh and it makes me want to like the world feels really you know real i guess and i, I yeah. think the dialogue's a big part of that and and just sort of it's it's not like a oh yeah my this guy he's yeah. this blah blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. just sort of like yeah yeah you just got to kind of put it together and yeah. it's just kind of like yep this is how things are there's, there's nothing weird going on here mm-hmm. so um, where can you, th- oh, go ahead. I think the I think the lack of internal monologue kind of helps with that too. Yeah, I think so too. Um, where well, there's a little bit, but. yeah, a little bit. I mean, yeah. it's not, but it's not like this guy's a Cthulhu <laughs> man. Yeah. It's like they never say that, or those guys are vampires. Yeah. Like I, I think that helps with kind of that. We know he's the guy we're supposed to like be in his corner of, but there's still something where we're like, he's got something. He's yeah, not, he's not sharing. Yeah. yeah, I feel like there's hints of it. Um, Ryan, where can people check us out? Uh, this came out on an image. Uh, this one, it started in like 2015. Uh, there are two collected trades of it, and that's all there is for now. Uh, so I don't know if there's going to be more at some point or not, but there's two trades of it. Uh, so you can get it from your local comic book store or uh, obviously on the internet. Comixology has it. Uh, I think actually, uh, if you have the Comixology Unlimited, both volumes are unlimited. Ooh, nice. So you can do that thing. Cool. Um, so that is going to do it for a Here's My Issue. And now we move on to part two of the show uh, called First Prints, where we talk about classic comic book runs, classic comic book issues, uh, sometimes graphic novels, sometimes new things, sometimes old things. Uh, just really a good place to start if you are just getting back into comics or if you have been away from comics for some time. Uh, some good places to start. So, Ryan, I actually believe it was your turn to pick. It a, is. Was. A, is. A First Prince this time. Yeah. Uh, so, tell us about the book that you brought. Sure. Um, I Actually, this one we brought is a, uh, it's it's more of a kid-friendly book, kind of. It's kind of dark. Uh, but I brought uh, the first volume um, of a series of graphic novels called the Amulet series. And, and uh, number one is The Stonekeeper. Um, it came out in January 2008 by Kazu Kibuishi. Uh, it's on Scholastic, so like the the book fairs that you used to get at school. Yeah, that's totally what it reminded me of. Um, but yeah, this is uh, so it's a it's a. Well, I'm glad the book fair now has comic books. That didn't happen does. when I was a kid. Yeah, but it's part of a it's part of a graphic novel series. There's currently seven, uh, but it's like the seven s- of them. Yeah, there's seven of them. Just the last one this. came out uh, 
last year, 2016. Okay. Uh, it's been optioned by 20th Century Fox. Not surprised. Um, but but yeah, I I got these a while ago when they were on like crazy sale at Comicsology. I got like the first three. Uh, they were like a buck or two bucks each, and I was like, hey, these look neat. Uh, and I thought you guys would like it. It's it's uh it's different, but at the same time, it's got a lot of things that I think you guys would enjoy. Yeah. Uh, so I was I was excited to bring it. So what did you guys think of, of uh, the Amulet Number One Stonekeeper? So getting the young adult novel, looking look at this out of the way, because I mean, if yeah, if you wanted to, you could young adult novel. I've been looking at you, Alan. If you want, if you could, you could I, young I adult. I poked a joke earlier. You could I young, don't, yeah, you did. But you could, you could young adult adult novel rip this apart if you wanted to. So looking at it from that prism of how. How does how does it compare as that sort of thing? Uh, I really liked it. Um, I'm sure. Actually, if if I was probably the agent this was meant for, I probably would have been all about this. Like yeah. it's about like it, it has magic. It's dark, but not like, too dark. Like I don't know that first 15 pages oh, was man. real but, dark. But that's like realistic dark. It's not I'm talking about like like yeah that's that's some heavy stuff to deal with. But it's done in such a way that it's not gory, overtly violent. Like it's intense, but it's not like it's sad. It's well and it's sad and it's well done and it's like it just shows like it 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 is the hook for what later becomes like the the, the crux of the story. What we're going to care about is like. Hey, maybe if she does what this thing says, she can save her dad. Like she could sit, she could undo all of that. Um, and I'm interested to see how that plays out. Um, if it plays out in the obvious way, which is the well, no, I don't need to because I'm fine as I am, which I have a feeling is where it's going. But at, and, and that's the story. That's fine. Um, or the or the way of no, I'm going to actually do it and see what it is. Is it going to be? Is it going to be magical contact? Who knows? Um, so. <laughs> Thank you. The only That's guy, cool sorry, I, the only guy I got it. No, I got it. Yeah. Okay, everyone in this room saw contact. Yep, understood. Yeah, I we all got saw it in theaters. I did too. We all got tricked. Um, so, uh, that being said, like I really, I feel like I would have really liked this if I was like that age. About, I still like it as an now? adult. Yeah. I know. I still like it as an adult. I look at it through that prism. I mean, yeah, I could rip it apart and be like, "This is juvenile," and there's this storytelling element. This is so overdone. But like looking at it from that perspective, even now, <laughs> I still really enjoyed it. Like I, I. Funnily enough, I like all the, uh, I like all the young adult books that you bring for the most part. I've like smile. I've like this. Um, there's even a point in here where like it, it happens right in, early in the beginning where like it tugged at my heartstrings. Yeah. When he's like take like you know someone needs to stay around to take care of him. I was like, ah. I was like, I felt a little choke up in my chest. I know it sounds lame and cheesy, but I don't care. Like that got me. I was like, I did too. like up. Oh, you got me. All right. Tell me what's gonna happen here. Story. Let's go. I like that he didn't tell his wife that he loved her though. <laughs> He's like, you've got a responsibility. I'm passing the torch on, so my legs are see stuck. it through. <laughs> hey, finish finish my half of the hey, job too. Hey, this ain't my problem anymore. <laughs> yeah, not my problem. Um, but I, I like I like the weird turn it took. I like the uh, you know I like like quote unquote haunted house mystery yeah. stuff. <laughs> I know you do. I and know then you there's do. a giant robot. There's a giant. There's a biplane like and a robot house. Like everything is great. <laughs> um, so I am so story wise, I really enjoyed it. I, I like okay so yeah young adult you know sort of thing <coughs> I, from from that standpoint I'm just gonna come out and say reading it as I am like I get it um, it's not something that grabs me to continue reading as an adult right. um, I read it pretty much as soon as I saw Scholastic on it I was like okay I need to be like 11 years old when I read this <laughs> so so I read it. As it, like in my head, just you know, like how I would have read things when when I was that age, uh-huh. and um, it made it really enjoyable for me. Um, it, it in a way it was kind of like um, 
you know, like if you go back, like, cause I recently within the last year started um, listening to like the Harry Potter books and uh-huh. stuff. When I remember like hearing the first one, I'm, I was, which was the only one that I actually read back in the day. I remember being like, okay, this is the thing that like all my friends are like crazy obsessed with. And I, you know, I had to remind myself like, oh, this was written for kids in like middle school and grade school. And they were all in grade school and middle school when they read it. And I have to look at it from that lens. And when I did that, I I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, As an adult, I was able to look at it more analytically and be like, "Uh, well, this plot point was a little weak but you're now what they could have done this you just finished the fifth one (laughs) yeah Yeah. so like so you see how it ages with the reader exactly it ages with the reader so um i it'd be cool um not having read the rest of these books if those do that same type of maturation with it that being said what i did enjoy about this um even as an adult is how quickly we got to like the action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, it, it moves quick. It introduces like the, Oh, there's something kind of spooky here. And like within pages, you're being chased by monsters, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. It doesn't do the whole like, okay, let's spend like half the book yeah. hinting at it. And then the hook is towards the end. Well, I remember even reading it quickly and being like, I'm on page 73 of 193 mm-hmm. already. Right. Yeah, yeah that man, first 100 pages goes by pretty quick. There, I'm like, my, if my mom bought this for me and was like, here's your month reading, she would have been mad. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm done. Can we go back to Barnes & Noble and get another one? What? You're done already? Yes. The library. Right. So it, <laughs> it was, it was cool how quickly it got you into the action, which I think it, for that age range um, it is how you got to kind of do it. You know, to keep people invested without, you know, a ton of buildup and, and so forth. And they really want to give you a lot to look at as well, which I thought was kind of cool. They didn't skimp on the art for some of these monsters yeah. necessarily. Yeah. Um, wish I would have seen more of that dark elf guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the drow? Yeah. Like, it was like, they, 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 they like introduce you to this like dark elf prince, you know, this drow. Yeah. And, and you're like, oh man. I don't think that's the last we've seen. This guy, well, I know, but it's just like the way that he's introduced, you're like, oh man, it's going to be the big baddie. And it's like, not really up until the very end. It's like two pages. And then it's like, oh no, you defeated me. <laughs> that's true I, i'm sure he'll come back but it was kind of like i was like come on man like give me more give me more with that guy like he was they couldn't they could have done a little bit more of a magic duel he was he was evil looking he has sharp <laughs> right. teeth and he ate that slug yeah he, he really liked that, that slug. slug yeah he was like he slugged it up he he did the it mouth he like he <laughs> yeah. slurped it just like looking at this kind of like skimming through it like the action beats are just on one thing after another after another like being a kid like i you would not lose my focus because no like, it just there's jumps constantly and jumps and go jumps, go yeah. go go like there's a lot that happens in this um, I like the part where they're on the mushrooms and they're kind of flying down and the, and the ambulance like your brother will die in 10 seconds unless you do something about this. Like yeah. how, how, how just so <laughs> she like, has the magical this Jarvis is what it is. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> um, Impact. Imminent. And I enjoyed all the ancillary characters too. Like um, I, I like all the different little like I'm assuming they're robots. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. They're all oh, they're robots. robots. Even yeah. the bunny is a robot. The bunny's a robot. The bunny robot kind of kind bummed of? me out because he was the only one that wasn't like, hey, you're just a standard robot. Like if they were suity was well, in I feel like so he's, cool he's to special. Me. Like I feel like maybe I, we figure I, that out. No, I guess. But. I feel like you've read more of this and know some answers. We don't. He's on the like, cover. He's on the cover. If the other the robots were also like animal themed, you know, like I feel, I still feel like you can make him out to be the special robot without being like 
Everyone else looks like a robot, but he looks like an animal. I feel like he's the newest robot. I guess. I feel like he's like the... the if, well, if you're going to try to get children in here, might as well, you know, trick them with stuffed animals. You know what? <laughs> Would have gone with more stuffed animal I robots. I just like... I but, like but like crappy stuffed animal robots that weren't as cool as the money. <laughs> like, oh, here's a snail robot. I really you know, love the there's a turtle robot. <laughs> turtle robot would have been perfect. Turtle robot. That one guy turtle bot would have been great. Yeah, that for that guy. guy. Was basically a turtle bot. Also, right. I was a little disappointed. His name was Cogsley. I thought that was a little derivative. I mean, it's not Cogsley. This is a book for ten-year-olds, yeah. Alan. Okay, so I mean, I guess I had some problems with with detaching myself. You I sure applaud did. Chewy That's for okay. for being able to do that. that I plane's just super cool. Also. So taking it at face I value. Tried. Uh. Taking his face value, this would make an awesome D&D campaign. <laughs> like, literally, they're in the Underdark. This is what the Underdark is. Nice. <laughs> There's so, bunny robots in the Underdark? I mean, there can be. Um, <laughs> knowing knowing your favorite campaign setting, but there like, probably will be. <laughs> yeah. All right. We don't have to play it anymore. <laughs> no, I'm just giving you our time. Uh, <laughs> um, what was I going to say? But no, it's... Uh, I do think that from the first 15 pages, mm-hmm. right, where yeah. it was... Super realistic, but as like a as a preteen, that would have messed me up for a couple days. I feel like days. Yeah. yeah even oh, like, I thought. Oh, like I thought you reading meant it. reading it. I thought you meant like living it. I'm like days, Alan. Come what? On. No, no. I meant. I thought like, you meant live. If you he were means in that, reading, yeah, it. you meant reading it. I thought yeah, you meant yeah. like if you were living in that situation. No, no, no. no. Like, I'd be over my dad. Had I read that days. when I had I read that when I was preteen, I probably would have dwelled oh, yeah. on that way too long. Jeez, yeah, yeah. that was hard. Like, um, that last panel too of just like was harsh. Ooh, hardcore. But then it leads to the big scoopy, big. Big spoopy building yeah. uh, with the secrets, and then, oh, look, there's a surprise lab, and, oh, she's now got the amulet of power, and then, Chewie's right, we do get to the monsters very quickly, like, way yep. more than I was than I was prepared for, mm-hmm. and maybe that's what threw me off, because I was expecting a lot more time to sit and uh, think about what was going on, like, I expected them to spend a couple nights there, and then explore, or whatever, um, but they just jumped right into it. And then the threat was immediate. Like it yep. wasn't small little, oh, the goblins took my mom. It was a big yeah. octopus with spider legs ate my mom for yeah. the most part. <laughs> but she's not, she's still alive because it's got vents on the side. Yeah, which was interesting. <laughs> um, I can only imagine for plot reasons, they're probably transports of some kind, which is the only thing I can think of. Sure. All right. Because um, otherwise that's a super inefficient uh, biological sure. system. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, the thing with the robots was a little weird because I guess I didn't grasp what they were doing. I, I they were, the beats were very fast Ian. I, I agree with you on that, but I think that they also didn't give you enough time to trust everything that you stepped into. I guess so. Um, I mean, I guess that's not the point. Like, don't we, after the end of this book, don't you feel like... Something's going on with that amulet yeah. that's not all Well, clearly, kosher. the yeah, amulet yeah. wasn't the thing I was worried about. I was more worried about the the elf dude with the three robots and then the, the grand great-grandfather that just died, yeah. literally, yeah. right then. And I understand that you got to keep the book moving and you got to put the reader on the back foot a little bit. But at the same time, I didn't have any reason to like that, mud, that bunny bot. And so I didn't trust him for like the first good chunk of the book. But he's so cute. Um, yeah, but well, but is he's that, got that one eyebrow? Is that he's like got that big uh, robot suit? It looks cool. Is that <laughs> like uh, him trying to mislead you into trusting him? That's oh, what I'm wondering. Oh, 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 read the next one. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's it's it is difficult for me these days to get into the whole preteen angst as much because you have enough. Says, says the guy with angst. the green yeah. shirt on. 
Hey. <laughs> hey. They're you legitimate. Have enough, you have enough post-teen okay. inks? It's <laughs> Green Bay shirt. Um, you have enough posting inks. Not Green Bay, Chewy. Green Day. No, I know. I was seeing the established 1987, and yeah. I'm like, no. It, it, I'm assuming that's like their birth year, is that, or is that when they formed as a band? Yeah, that's, that's when they formed. formed. Oh, yeah. okay. That, they're that old? Yeah. yeah. Damn. They're old men. Oh, Billy Joe's like, kid is like 19 in this one, or yeah. something like 18. Anyway, um, that being said, I, I really enjoyed it. The art was a little off-putting at times also. Yeah, let's talk about the art some more. Um, the backgrounds are gorgeous, like watercolor and um, gradient shading and like a really cool color tone. Uh-huh. But the models for the people are very, I don't know, fast and loose, I guess. Yeah, very but, simple. But not in yet another Rosmo type way. Like mm-hmm. they're not sketchy and, and stylistic. They're more just like web comic with a pencil. All right. If that makes it's like ah, uh, face it's got what two eyes and nose. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess I guess her arm can bend that way. And uh, this looks yeah. close enough to a I, hand. Um, so right. I, I was thinking about that because the um, the, the great, monsters are also very detailed. Yeah the, yeah, the monsters are very detailed. The great grandpa is like super detailed as well, um, which which is cool. This like elf guy. Um, so what's with these faces? And I and I think. That does um, kind of it, it goes in that Scott McCloud thing about iconic characters, mm-hmm. uh, not iconic in the sense that they're like classic and time tested, but iconic in that they they are more of an icon to represent a thing or a person yeah. or a place rather than an extremely detailed version of it. Like red hair, pink sweatshirt. That's the character. That's really what you need to focus. Yeah, and and the reason for that is the the more iconic you make a character, theoretically, the easier it is to connect with that character and to be that character and to live as that character. That's a good point. Rather than if you imagine like Alex Ross, um, you know, if if you're looking at him doing like a Superman, you know, thing or whatever, it's like okay, well, whatever. And and not that people in particular look at Superman and be like, oh, that's right. no, that's but that's me. you're external <laughs> to Superman at that point. Exactly. Like you're not imprinting you're, on Superman. You're watching Superman yeah. do something. Um, whereas if he's drawn a little bit more simple with a little bit less face detail, um, it's easier to put yourself in in you know in his cape. So here, I think, especially if it's supposed to be a young adult, you know, like that, like that adolescent range. Whereas I might look at it and be like, oh, it'd be nice to see more detail in these kids' faces. It, I, I think it's easier because then it's like you you get to be character A or character B, whichever one you identify with or your brother or your sister is and, you know, your mom and your dad and, and all that sort of stuff. So I guess I get it from that sense. Yeah, I got I you. That's actually it. a very good point. I like it. Um, so you said these are like available on Scholastic. So are they on yeah. Comicsology? They're not. They're, they're on Comicsology. Yeah, you can get them from uh, your your local bookseller. They might have them at the library. Um, you can, if you have kids in elementary school and they have a book fair, it's a good chance <coughs> they might be there. Get dad this book. Uh, they've, I mean, they're they're so they're individual graphic novels. There's six of them. Uh, I think the first three are available in like a like a big book too. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I was I was looking up the the guy who created them. He's also the guy who created the Flight Anthology. Okay. Uh, if you guys are familiar with that, he also uh, illustrated the 15th anniversary Harry Potter covers. Oh, okay. oh, all right. There you go. Yeah. All right. So. Um, I had a question for you, Ryan. So sure. y- you're a dad. That's, um, that's true. <laughs> so, 
Like what? What age would you give your kids this? Um, Given my daughter, that it's a little bit heavier at yeah. times, but it's also kind of action packed. My daughter's nine and a half, and I haven't given these to her yet to read, just because kind of what Alan said mm-hmm. uh, that like those first fifteen pages are are rough, uh, and and I know her that it would impact her kind of heavily, but probably soon ten, eleven, something like that. Uh, she's in fourth grade, so maybe fifth grade. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so moving on, uh, now we move on to the third part of our show, which is the Four Color Character Compendium, uh, where we talk about comic book uh, characters, sometimes superheroes, supervillains, super teams, uh, things like that. We also talk about people outside uh, of, of the actual comic worlds themselves and in the comics industry, so writers, creators, uh, people who are uh, are known for making the good things that we love. So it's kind of a history lesson and a vocab lesson in the same same little little pocket i guess i don't know little little hot pocket um anyway so um so speaking of hot pockets alan yeah uh, it's your turn it is so tell uh, us about the the character pocket. you've chosen from the tome the great character tome well guess what it's a creator what? this time what? and it's still my birthday month which means it's <sighs> manga related okay um in this case we're going to be talking about the godfather of manga Okay. Uh, the creator of manga, the reason that manga exists, okay. Osamu Tezuka. Okay. Woo. You may all know right. him as the creator of Astro Boy. Okay. Oh, all, all right. right. So we're going to learn about this guy because, believe it or not, the like I said, the reason that manga exists is because of Osamu, Tez- uh, Osamu Tez- uh, Tezuka. Okay. Get ready for me to mispronounce so many things, um, but uh, I'm going to do my best. So he uh, lived Alan, in... anytime you mess up on pronouncing yeah i'm gonna take the sword sword yep. and i will cut you oh great all right well that's gonna make cool scars they won't get old yeah uh, <laughs> uh so anyway he was uh born in the let's see it was i got uh taco Rizuka, he uh pre uh prefect of hyoga region in japan um oh in japan in japan uh, he, was born in ni- uh, he was born in 1928, um, and basically he was the oldest of three kids. Um, he and his mom, uh, his mom like always encouraged his uh, creativeness and wanted him to uh, basically be better at the thing that he loved, and one of the things he loved was going to the theater. So he and his mom would go to the, uh, I'm going to reference this word so many times, uh, the was the terror uh takarazuka theater <laughs> um which was a mostly female review um and he sort of established a love for the theater and um actually fashion like women's fashion especially and so he got hmm. a lot of character designs and ideas from going to the theater so much um the other thing that he really loved when he was growing up was disney like this was about the same time that disney was getting really big mm-hmm. and japan was getting shows I mean, and cartoons and things from disney he so was born in 28 that's really that's when steamboat willie took off exactly like willie mickey mouse donald uh, duck i guess was a little bit later yeah. but like mickey mouse especially he had worldwide appeal i've learned and yeah and <laughs> people like the mickey mouse because you know he's iconic that's he's true. a super simple iconic. mouse simple yep. mouse um and he watched Bambi this over eighty mouse. times in the theaters. She, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's a masterpiece. I mean, it, it's beautiful looking. He definitely, he definitely took a shining to that particular movie, and he loved it a lot. Um, and so that influenced it. So in elementary school, he started sort of drawing out comics, like little sequential art type things. Um, and in 1944. Uh, when the war started, he was actually drafted uh, by the state to work in a factory. 
um, and he was doing, I think he was helping uh, a steel mill factory. So they were like making weapons and ammunition and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually greatly affected him because that was him getting introduced to war, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And that sort of took his childish like uh, creativity and gave it a sort of um, realistic viewpoint. And he, yeah. that actually flows into a lot of stuff. And that's we're going to talk about Astro Boy in a little bit. Um, but that comes into that later on. Um, in 1945, he began studying at Osaka um, University for medicine. Uh, so he was actually training to be a doctor. Um, his first day, his first work that he ever actually made, like complete, was called Machan. He was 17 years old when he finished it. Um, the first real well, hit. Too late for me. <laughs> the I'm, I'm first well real hit that. he ever had, though, was something called New Treasure Island, um, which was uh, published by Ikue Shupan Magazine. And basically, as soon as he published it, it took like a week, and it became just wildly popular, and they kept having him mm. recreate that. Um, that was really interesting because he took Treasure Island and basically revamped it, because this yeah. goes back to his love of Disney properties mm-hmm. and like adventure cartoons, basically. So he took that and revamped it and turned into a really successful manga. And what, when was that exactly? Uh, what year? That was when he was 17. <laughs> so if he was born in 28. That would have been plus 10 is 38. Plus 3 is uh, 41. So 41. sorry, okay. I'm jumping around the timeline a little no, bit. It, it's it's cool. It's just I, I'm I'm interested to see, you know, how the war impacts his creativity and how war has an effect on you know him the stories that he tells and right. and how he becomes popular and, and so. we're we're going to get to that in a little bit in the end but yes basically this would be pre-war when he first created his his first like real manga um and then later on he moved to Tokyo because he got his uh his first thing published and he's like well I'm going to go look for other publishers to make more of my stuff and he ended up making more books, things like Jumble, uh, Jungle Emperor Leo uh, for manga shown in magazine and from 50 to 54. So he made Jungle Emperor Leo from the 1950 to 1954, but he graduated from university in 1951, which means he was studying medicine and making manga for a published magazine in Tokyo for like his basically his whole middle career of his life, <sighs> starting from elementary school. Um, okay, so me, yes, uh, in 52, while publishing uh, Jungle Emperor Leo, that's when he came out with something called Ambassador Adam, and that was the first appearance of Astro Boy. Okay. Now, Astro Boy, so this would have been after the war, after he worked yeah. in that, and uh, Jungle Emperor Leo is, um, I think, based off of, I want to say Jungle Book, if I recall correctly, um, but this is where his ideas about war and... Um, like human humanity basically start coming in as ambassador Adam and they manifest themselves as Astro boy, but Astro boy wasn't the main character. He was a character. Mm. People just really associated, um, who, what they really like about Astro boy. Um, in 1961, uh, so we're now a couple years past that he created a production company, uh, called Mushi productions, which was rivaling Toei animation. You may know Toei from owning a lot of Godzilla stuff ah, later on in the years. Right. And also now, still a lot of anime stuff. It is still an animation studio. Um, and Astro Boy debuted from uh, from uh, Mushi Animation in 1963. So the thing about Astro Boy is um, he <laughs> is an Atomic Boy robot. So remember we read um, Big Guy and Rusty? Yeah. Uh-huh. Big Guy and Rusty. So Rusty is like the 
caricature of Astro Boy. Mm-hmm. Tiny boy robot, yeah. nuclear powered, armaments, fights bad guys, and keeps the world safe. Um, so it was obviously with Tezuka's influence from Disney, that's where the big eyes came from and like the big big heads, the the oversized mouth. This is where all of those tropes and weird things from anime come from. Yeah. Is Astro Boy from Tezuka creating a piece about um, creating like a, a character that is supposed to be showing the responsibility and the dangers of nuclear weapons. Well, if okay. I mean, correct me atomic if power. Correct yeah, me if I'm wrong on Astro Boy, but isn't also Astro Boy not because that's a whole other character companion? But isn't he yeah. like kind of Pinocchio esque? Like he wants a mother and like a family and like it is. It is a overall look at humanity. I yeah. would say yes, because but I mean, when he first debuted, he was just you know action Super cartoon Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but. He Suzuka is always very careful about putting morals and stories into all of his all of his works. Right. Um, and so for him, that was a way to sort of say, "Hey, look, atomic power is we we shouldn't be threatening each other. We should be working with each other and creating peace. Right. And just because these weapons exist doesn't mean that we all need to like wave them in each other's faces. Right. But you're right. Astro Boy is a is another character compendium that I want to do later. Um. Okay. Uh, Astro Boy debuted in 1963. It is the first model of animation production in Japan, total, ever. Okay. Wow. And the first Japanese animation to ever be dubbed into English. Wow. Wow. Um, he, oh, this is a fun little fact. Uh, Tezuka is a descendant of uh, Hattori Hanzo, which oh. is a very, very famous uh, like samurai sword maker. Or samurai? Or samurai sword maker. Samurai. From um, the Tokugawa era. Well, if we're to believe, Kill Bill. Yeah. (laughs) Um, He had one son. He finally died in uh, 1989 of stomach cancer. His last words apparently were, I'm begging you, let me work. As a nurse tore away his uh, sketch pad and pen that he had with him in his hospital bed. Because they're like, you need to get rest. And he's like, no, damn it, woman, let me work. (laughs) (laughs) Or dude. Um, he, there is a museum to him in Takara, uh, one more time, Takarazuka Hyogo, Japan. Um, and actually, there is, uh, in, on Johnny Wander right now, um, Yuka Oda and, and, her, and her husband now, Ananth, went to Japan and they're showing like their travel diaries and they went to this museum. Oh, cool. And so they sort of wrote a little bit about it and it's just all of his photos and all of his works and all of his scripts and all these things. Speaking of which... Complete works by the time he died, 700 volumes, over 150,000 pages worth of manga. He's known for a lot more. I mean, we didn't even mention like his movies and stuff. I mean, Kimba the White Lion, for goodness sake. Yep. Good good Lord. Kimba the White Lion is is often considered what they ripped off to McLion King. Yeah. (laughs) That's how Disney thanked them. I thanked him for all his his fandom. Um, Yeah. There's a lot of like, I was just like skimming his works and stuff while you're talking. Oh my God. This guy is so much. He just made so much stuff. He made so much stuff. We're all, we're we're all failures. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still Um, working on my first script. Yeah. So like, um, is there any like other than that? I mean, Astro Boy, obviously any other things you might recommend that are like important manga, like, like important works of his that are, that are like really, really, um, I like, I think, um, the Phoenix would be another one. Okay. Uh, that would be another work that you would want to look up. Um, other than that, uh, uh, jungle ambassador Leo, whatever his name was, um, Kim of the white lion. Um, uh, there. Okay. So he also had one of his works remade, um, or adapted, I guess you should say, 
and that was by Don't watch the Astro Boy movie. It's not good. The American <laughs> Astro Boy oh, movie. Oh yeah, is not good. where they tried to Don't watch that. <laughs> uh there was Okay. A uh, personal friend so his personal friend Mauricio de Sousa uh, published a two-story arc, uh, the Monica Teen comic book featuring some of Jazuka's main characters. So he's like threw a bunch of his characters into his personal work. And there was in two thousand from two thousand three to two thousand nine, Naoki Urasawa and Takashi Nagasaki adapted an arc of Astro Boy into the murder mystery series called Pluto. Uh, so, I've actually read this. Yes. It's so, really good. It yeah. is really good. I was actually reading an article about this the other day that was talking about the best remakes of uh, stuff into other stuff, essentially. So, like, adaptations. Mm. So, the way Astro Boy was about atomic weapon proliferation and the and the ability to, you know, uh, live in peace and, and harmony and humanity, this takes that and just steps it up, like, 13 steps. Yeah. So, all the robots are completely deadly. All of them scientists are completely insane. And it's up to a single robot and a single scientist to basically, like, save the world. And it takes all of that philosophy and just puts it full front into um, into an anime. But then, makes it, but then makes it mm. much more of, like, a murder mystery. Mm-hmm. Like, like, Atomic Robo is in it, but barely, and not until, like, volume six or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's It's very much, like... You're just trying to figure out like who's doing the thing, you know this, and it's it's a it's a detective story. Basically, it sounds a lot like a bit like one to ten video games that I have played <laughs> that involve a small robot boy, yep, and his creator, and that's and different bad robots. Mm, and that's wonder why, where they got, got that they got idea that from some sort of some sort of mega child, right? <laughs> yeah. And and that's why Tezuka is like such an important <laughs> figure in comics Ultra because child. he didn't just. I mean, he took his influence growing up. And he created a medium for a country. And then that medium for a country slowly became a medium for the world. And we're seeing the effects of it now. And I'll never stop talking about, you know, the the late 90s, early 2000s when anime started to explode and manga started to become available. Um, and shows that are being made now, like the Steven Universes and the Adventure Times and the Voltrons and the Avatar The Last Airbender and these things wouldn't exist <coughs> without uh, Osamu uh, Tezuka Absolutely. doing these other works. And he, the fact that he, you know, took his creativity and he still became, like, he basically became a doctor. <laughs> and he did that and he was able to say, no, I want to go do this other thing instead and then become successful at that. Um, so even if you don't understand anime or manga and you don't get what it's about... You do have to realize that sequential art is where it is right now because of because of the uh, uh, contributions of this man, um, along with with a myriad of others. I'm not saying he's the, he's the reason. I'm saying that one of many that isn't credited as much in America as he, in the West as he should be. Exactly. Like if if there were a pantheon of comic book gods, it would be in in my opinion, Jack Kirby would be right next to Tezuka. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and honestly, I think that would be in my opinion, the best um, comparison for him would be Jack Kirby. Yeah. Cool. All right, man. Well, that's awesome. Um, so that is going to do it for the... Well done. Well said. <laughs> yeah. Well said, sir. I'll give, you, um, I'll give you a round of applause on that. So oh, that is going to do it for the four-color character compendium, and now we reach the fourth and final segment of our show, which is called Back Matter, where we read uh, letters and stuff from you guys, where you talk about comic book news and movie news. It's kind of neat. Uh, stuff that's going on in the world. Kind of a nice little area for us to just kind of chit-chat about the goings-on of things that we got going on that are nerd-related in our lives. And since we didn't receive an email, I'll uh, be reading some jokes from the Joker's Joke Book. Of course. Ryan's favorite part of every TV. My favorite. 
never uh, email us. No, I'm just kidding. So actually, like, why did the Joker emails. ask the optometrist to fix his teeth? This one's really bad. Good. They were his eye teeth. Okay. Even teeth. Ryan, that even hurt Ryan. Wait, 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 that wait. even hurt Ryan. Wait, I was like, what I was like, I'm teeth? like, no, no, it can't be just the eye teeth joke. There's got to be more to yep. it than that. Wait, wait, what was the joke? His, they were his eye teeth. Wait, what was the joke? Uh, why did the Joker ask the optometrist, optometrist to fix his teeth? His eye. Teeth. I don't. This one's pretty missing? good, Chewy. This one's for you. Just shaking head. When did one. Dick Grayson get a spell of mononucleosis, pneumonia? And uh, eczema, all eczema. At, eczema sorry, I, I was, I was, I, I, my brain said emphysema. I'm like, that's not <laughs> what it says here. Uh, eczema, all at once. So why, let me that again. Did when him, did Dick oh. Grayson get a spell of mononucleosis, pneumonia, and eczema all at once? After he slept with Harley Quinn. When Come he, on, man. He got <laughs> sick from all those things. When he spelled them correctly in the school spelling bee. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, Alan, eye teeth are your canine teeth. Hey, oh, Alan. thank you. Hey, Alan. Looked it up. What do right, many states have that the Joker doesn't want? I don't care. The electric chair. And Ryan, this is oh, the one that's for dark. you. Jeez. This is the one that's for you. All right. What did Batman say to the three-headed monster? Hi, hi, hi. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah. There he is. Ah. <laughs> there he is. I am pleased. <laughs> uh. All right, no more of that. Keep send, send us emails. This won't happen. Um, so uh, you got we got to approach the possibility that maybe people aren't sending their emails because they wanted to have them. <laughs> that is if, true. If you send us an email and you want Ian to read the jokes, Just say please, please read, read the, the jokes. jokes. <laughs> I'll do it anyway. I'll do it at fan request. How um, about if that's the case, you read one. You read one, and that's the one. One for whole the chapter, Chewy. Are you sure? No, you got time I didn't for that? say. Yeah, one whole chapter. Ooh, Perfect. Ooh. <laughs> Let's talk about comic book news. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, can I? I want to. I want to open up back matter real quick. Uh, with just a small anecdote that I went to the library today because. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, good nerd! Job. Thank you. Because Jenna needed to get some studying done, and I. Um, I really like drawing at the library because it's very focusing. Um, and as I looked around, there was because uh, today currently is Sunday. Sorry to break the fourth wall. Um, so there was a bunch of families around, and one of them was a father and daughter. And the father was reading like a newspaper or something, and the little girl who must have been about seven years old, seven or eight, was reading a DC superheroines book. Nice. That just had, um, I think it was, I think it was Wonder Woman on it, and mm. she just looked enamored with this book. Was it the DC superhero girls? I think so. Yeah, those books are really popular. They're and and she really good. she was like, she had it open and she had it in front of her, like standing up like this, <laughs> and she's just like, her eyes were just following the page, like from back forth, back and nice. forth. And it just, it made me smile. Because oh, I was, I, little does she know that I was sitting across from her also reading comics uh, <laughs> and admiring uh, the hand-me-down traditionality of comics. I think that it might actually be a prose book, but it's a good thought. It's a good thought. I'm Go sure. comics. No, I think it was it comics. Might have, so okay, it might have been maybe, comics. There's, maybe there's... I got, maybe I got it, what the book was wrong, oh, okay. but it was definitely comics. Nice. Anyway. Yeah, comics. What's up, comics? Anyway, like go ahead comics. and go ahead and start the back matter. You know, back matter. You know what's cool and new in comics yep. is no, what? that soon, uh-huh. pretty soon from uh I'm assuming it's yep, it's boom. It's boom st- it had boom. to be boom. Uh Rocco's Modern Life comic. Uh, oh, nice. Uh I'm I'm stoked for it, dude. I don't know why you're groaning, dude. Here's here's what I think about Rocco, real quick. 
Uh, if you're not oh, familiar, oh, you're with gonna Rocco's, speak ill of Rocco. I'm not gonna speak ill of Rocco. <laughs> I love Rocco. Don't get me wrong. I love Rocco's Modern Life. I'll it speak is, ill of Rocco. Hold on a second. Yeah, you will. Let me okay, speak. But fine. I like Rocco too. I love Ill. Rocco. But the here's the point. thing: it was a 1990s experimental cartoon show. It. I vote that Rocco and Ren and Stimpy and Doug and Rugrats and all those weird oh, Klasky Chupo cartoons. At all. Hold on. The Klasky Chupo 90s cartoon experimentation oh. will not hold up in the year 2017 because the humor no longer exists. The zeitgeist has completely shifted. So they will make that book. There will be a small handful of people that buy it and great for them. That's all I'm saying. May I go now? Yeah, go for it. First of all, Let's start with your comparison here. I'm sorry. I like Rocco's Modern Life. I enjoyed Doug as a kid. I enjoyed Rugrats. But Ren and Stimpy is on a whole nother level than those three. No, it's not about about the comparison of the shows. It's about... I get your point. Okay. I just time, want. I just want to have the that state be said. of the industry in the year 1999 to 2000. I agree. Okay, that is yeah. pl- definitely be- the, the definitely banking on the nostalgia thing. Now, that being said, I do enjoy Rocco's Modern Life, but watching it as an adult. They were ripping off jokes left and right, man. It was just pop culture reference. No, they were hardcore ripping off Monty Python jokes, like ripping off bits. Isn't that pop culture reference? Yeah, but not in a way that it was like they were presenting it as something new. And like maybe, maybe that was the idea is yeah, like try to go Animaniacs with it. Be like, look, something for the adults. And they go, oh, I remember that from this other thing. But like it, it never quite sought through. But that being said, I still enjoy Rocco's Modern Life. Yeah. And I do want to watch the... To movie they're coming out with because I don't I the same reason I don't think another Invader Zim should happen I love Invader Zim it will not hold up I promise all right we'll see the Very, year 2017 is much different than looking, year 2001 honestly watching old Nickelodeon shows that I used to love like with all my heart the only two to me that hold up and one is because I I, I know what it is as an adult which is Ren and Stimpy mm-hmm. because it is just potty humor for potty humor I guess that's true and the other one that I really like that still holds up is Pete and Pete. Pete and Pete is great. The Adventures of Pete and Pete is fantastic. Well, existentialism super, never gets old. Yeah, and it's super weird and not a show that's like, why did I like this? Why did I think this was cool? It's like, this is, probably went over my head. And yeah, I just totally. Liked, I just liked Artie, the strongest man in the world. Oh, I love that guy. Oh, I should be Artie for Halloween. But, that, but what one. I'm saying is, Artie, the strongest <laughs> man in the world... Will not be funny in 2017. Not yeah, after maybe, not after Vine. Maybe not to you. you know, not maybe, after Vine. I think Vine would <laughs> ruin social media network that's dead now. Thank you, Twitter. That's what I think. That's, right. that's my that's idea. Fair. Anyway. That's fair. So December 2017, Ryan Ferrier and um, oh Ryan Ferrier. Okay. Ian McGinty. Okay. Uh, Those are both really good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. they're creators. They're, yeah. they're doing the Rocco's Modern Life comic book coming. I'll, I'll keep coming that, on December. I'll keep that marked in my head because I like to bring the license stuff. I'll bring. I'll check out that i'll bring it um, all right speaking of stuff that's kind of more let's say like oh when we were kids for kids now so Mar- marvel is finally making their like official like all right let's go after the preschoolers okay they want that market and they're doing they're doing this thing called like uh what is it called the marvel superhero adventures nice um i heard that book spidey's really good and it, all right it's like, for, like preteen kids it's um, this is kind of geared as you can kind of see by the artwork here. 
mm-hmm. kind oh, of yeah, more cute. towards like preschoolers. Like um, it's like looks like the superhero squad or whatever. Yeah, it is. yeah which PK is to second Marvel grade did. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's supposed to be this like multi-platform program is what they're calling it, um, where it's going to be which like means like they're going to make money a lot of different ways. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> it's going to be early reader chapter books, toys, comic books, graphic novels, and other stuff. But I, I think it's kind of cool that you know as these you know characters are becoming more and more mainstream um you do have a way to kind of age them down for for kids rather than having the kids sense of humor and sense of storytelling having to age up Mm um i went to go see we went ian and i went to go see that it movie um like when it when it came out and there was kids in that movie theater like with their parents like their parents brought them but it, it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, so it, it's, I don't know, maybe this is me becoming an old man, but like, there's, a, I do see a lot of like, hey, like, that's weird that kids are like into this show or into this, you know, mm-hmm. movie or into this, mu- like, particular, like, you know, music or artist or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, when, you know, I'm like, it seems like a little old for them. Not to say it's like inappropriate, but just like the style of humor is different Uh and i I think this is kind of a cool thing to be like hey like let's let kids be kids but let not necessarily exclude them from what everyone else is enjoying it's like there's a spider-man now for you know all ages there's there's a captain america for all ages it's Mm -hmm. not like oh he's turning his back on his government so you're saying little billy who's three years old young adult version of it needs to come out yeah (laughs) i was was thinking how do you make a how do you make like a second grader version of spawn (laughs) <laughs> you don't uh, you don't you just draw him you like the, yeah. with the venom that's yeah. here just like he's huh. a smiling that's cool guy. though I, I, I think that's cool yeah i mean it's that. neat I, I wish as a dad that a lot of that stuff was was treated more like like an actual comics creation and less like a product yeah, uh, yeah. because a lot of the times i mean those comics are are basically licensed comics yeah. Uh, you know, when it comes to stories and stuff, it's just like, hey, we're just gonna lowest common denominator I, this. I, I would check instead out instead of like actually. I mean, there there is yeah. good stuff that comes out, but it's 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 kind of overwhelmed in the market yeah. by by this kind of stuff because yeah. they just put it right next to the toys in the toy aisle. I, I might check out Spidey for me. I've heard a lot of good things about it. It's like retellings of like classic Spider-Man stories. Like, there's no like every issue is kind of its own thing. Yeah. But like it's redrawn and kind of modernized, but like not over at least not like Ultimate Spider-Man style. Like it's just yeah. like we're retelling these classic stories. But I, I've heard that it's good like for young for younger adults. Maybe I'm wrong, but mm. that's what I've heard. Young adults and 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 um, and kids. Um, Ryan, you have some information about a popular Christmas book from our show that we I like. do. Yeah. So uh, I'll let Chewy call it now. It is it is coming. It is holiday season is is slowly approaching. You might decorative say gourd season starts later this week. Uh, and so Grant Morris pumpkin season and Dan Moore have announced a new Klaus one shot. I'm ex- yeah. super excited. About Is this that. before or after he becomes Christmas, uh, angel Christmas man, Christmas, Christmas man. <laughs> no, no, like I mean, the coolest thing about the end of that book was he basically gets Christmas superpowers. Yeah. So this, 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 this one shot is called, uh, Klaus and the crisis in Xmasville. Yeah. It takes place in the 1980s. Oh, sweet! Uh, and uh, yeah, because the other one was against the like the ice witch or something like that, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And so in this one, he fights um, an evil version of Santa, who's described by Grant Morrison as cruel, violent, unreasonable, a bully, a monster, and a werewolf. 
Oh. <laughs> I also heard they were going to do also, some sort of oh graphic novel sequel to Nightmare Before Christmas as well. I don't know. This we're still that's, talking about Klaus. That's just something I heard. Speaking of uh, yeah, holidays, he's also apparently at the same time in a trademark dispute with the Pola Cola Corporation. <laughs> Pola Cola. Yeah, that's that's their little joke. Oh, uh, oh and okay. and apparently I thought Grant you meant Morrison. Grant Morrison for a second. Oh no no, I mean like in the in the story, yeah. part of the story is a legal battle. Got it. And then Grant okay. Morrison has promised more weirdness yet to be revealed. Awesome. Other than this bully werewolf, oh, that's other the anti Santa. Well, in the picture, illegal. Battle and the picture that they've put out uh, is is him versus in front of a factory with tons of zombie-like Santas. Nice chasing Klaus down. That sounds amazing. All right, the mall uh, Santas, so, huh? Yeah. So mm. the the return of the living Santas sounds like. Um, I, I read a couple other things. There was a a 25th anniversary um, Harley Quinn anthology book that came out mm-hmm. uh, last week. And it was just like two or three pages from a bunch of different creators about Harley Quinn. Mm. And in it, uh, Chip Zdarsky and Joe Quinones did okay. a a Batman and Harley Quinn story. All right. Which they finally let Chip write Batman. <laughs> there it is. Uh, and then all the designs, <laughs> if you look at the designs, I saw them on Joe Quinones' uh, blog. He definitely just was like, well, how can I comic book guys uh, Batman 1989? <laughs> and sort of combine it with the Batman animated series series aesthetic, and it's mm-hmm. it looks cool. Yeah, all right. And it's I'm got jokes. It. I uh, did you see Chips? By the way, I think it was his, his new like um, how to draw superheroes. No, no, no. His I like new. Those. I like those covers are great. I'm talking about his new like thing for for conventions and stuff. His new like whatever they call that thing that you put behind. Oh, his standee behind. <laughs> him, yeah, it, it, it literally is some characters he's worked on in like the pose of the Justice League poster. Nice. <laughs> it's pretty great. Uh, he also announced he's doing a Marvel two in one, okay. and it seems like so. I've been reading a little bit about it. it. Seems like Marvel is slowly starting to think about looking into bringing the Fantastic Four back. Uh, yeah, and so Chip Zdarsky's writing that. a book called Marvel Two in One, and the Two in One are the Thing and the Human Torch. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh, so that looks like it could be interesting. interesting. I guess I guess Reed Richards and and the Invisible Girl are in another dimension, probably. Sure. Okay. Sounds, they do that a lot. Sounds fantastic for you. Yeah. Comics. Uh, and then I, I, have, I have one more bit of news. Uh, you guys, I've brought uh, Frontier. Uh, we brought Frontier number seven. Uh, yes. You guys really were stoked about it. And, and uh, yes. it's put out, it's a sort of an anthology series put out by Youth in Decline where it's every year it's four issues from four different creators. Kind of they do their own thing. They took a break this year, 2017, but they have announced that they are... Uh, they're doing it again next year, 2018. Okay, and you cool. can go to their website and for 12 bucks get four comics digitally next year that are all going to be basically the only place you can get them from there. Nice. Uh, you can also get, obviously, the print versions or a combination of print and digital. But they they it's finally up. We haven't heard much from, from Youth in Decline this year, so I'm excited. Awesome. That's um, good. So That's we, a good comic. So I agree. <laughs> there's some TV and movie news that we have. Here, yeah, see. there is. They, sure. Um, there's some Hellboy stuff. Like, uh, did you see the picture? Yeah, that's what I want to talk about. Is David uh, Harbor as Hellboy? Um, have you have you have you all seen it? I have. Yeah, it that, looks great. It looks. It looks, it looks I lo- I thought it was Ron Perlman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like Ron Perlman, but his hair is long. Right. Yeah. It's, it's it's on it model. Looks good. He looks you like know? he looks like Hellboy. He looks like Hellboy. Hellboy. And that's, yeah. that's 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 what you want. That's what you want. That's what you want. So uh, I thought that was awesome. that was just kind of cool because you know you're like hey what like just I, I want to see Hellboy be Hellboy. Right. Um, also, they've got a um, <clears throat> a release date now, oh. um, and it's supposed to hit uh, Hellboy. 
mm-hmm. by the way. Um, so Hellboy is supposed to be out um, January 11th of 2019. Okay. Um, so that's that's when you got it. Okay. That's that's when you got the Hellboy. It's like a year and a to, couple of months. Coming right. to the screen, to the big screen All for right. you. <clears throat> um, also, speaking of television stuff and stuff, mm-hmm. um, you you know this guy. What's his name? Seth Rogen. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and what's what's his friend's name again? James Franco. No, the other guy that he's doing the thing with. He's doing the preacher with him. Oh, um. Anyway, that guy. That guy. So, um, that's yeah, I can't remember who it is. Um, <clears throat> Seth Rogen and um, and um. Oh man, Evan Goldberg. Yeah, that's right. Um, they are actually doing um, an adaptation for the book known as The Boys. Really? Okay. Yeah. And um, I know that name. That's gonna. It was a. That's a guess. Guess who did that one? Garth Ennis. Yep. Um, right. That's what it was. Yeah. It's like a. It's like a. Like wasn't a superhero it, parody? Sort yeah, but of wasn't a it supposed to be like hyper violent? It is yeah. hyper violent. It, it yeah. is. Um, so. The the um, they're they're bringing that you know to Amazon, so they're taking it from Cinemax to Amazon, okay. who has ordered a pilot uh, script, and um, I believe it's smart if, not to turn down the guys who have made Preacher do right, a good job. Right, no, that that's yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but they um, they're looking for a pi- they they order a pilot script, and um, they're actually looking for a full order of it. If if I understand correctly, um, they're also doing um, for sci-fi the Grant Morrison's Happy mm-hmm. as well. I heard about that. So that's just kind of cool. Just kind of keeping you in the loop to where all these kind of. Um, I don't want to say fringe comics, you know, because they mm-hmm. have their own following, but stuff that's not as marquee name as, mm-hmm. you know, the Marvel stuff and, mm-hmm. and all that. And finally, just a reminder that um, October is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. And if you were, you know, at Comic-Con, you might have heard of this, but you might have forgotten. So uh, just a reminder that in October, uh, I believe it's October... 7th if I'm no October 8th uh, Robot Chicken's gonna be doing their Walking Dead special it's a half hour special called Look Who's Walking Um, (laughs) and it's actually gonna have the the voice talent for a lot of the people that are (laughs) that's cool so you have uh you know, Andrew Lincoln in there, Norman Reedus, you got Stephen Yoon, um, Chris Hardwick's also gonna be in it too. Of course, yeah, (laughs) so oh. That yeah. reminds me. I was gonna. That I'm, I have something I need to write but down. But I saw a little trailer for it. it. Looks pretty funny. I bet. But yeah. I bet it'll be pretty good. Um, you also wrote something down about Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, just the uh, like James Gunn confirms Guardians three in twenty twenty. Surprise! Surprise! Yeah, twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. All right. Surprise! Surprise. Um, let's print some money. Um, so Ryan, I see you have some some interesting news here. Yeah, um, I I think that we heard a, a while ago uh, just something about I I kill giants. You guys mm-hmm. remember that story being yes. being optioned? Uh, there is footage now. Yeah, I heard. That. Uh, and and I think it 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 is either debuting at Toronto International Film Festival, which is just happening, Ooh. or uh, or it is it is getting near the debut. Awesome. Uh, so so yeah, the footage looks interesting. It's just straight up live action. Just yeah, two little girls talking to each other in a forest. Yeah. But um, but yeah, the, I'm really interested the to see the actual saw, story. The description I saw of it in, uh, I think it was Entertainment Weekly. Um, it it made it seem 
it did, it made it seem like it wasn't. I don't know. It, the description was just weird. It wasn't the All book. Right. Like it, it didn't make it feel like, oh, this girl who's troubled is working on, through some stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just this girl lives in a wacky fantasy world. Was the way it was written. All right. Well, um, I mean, like maybe that's based on a press release. Like I don't know if anybody's seen the movie yet. I guess that's true. Yeah. Um, I guess that's true. I mean, there's, so, there's two ways to sell it. One of them is the girl yeah. lives in a wacky fantasy world. But the, the other way one they is read like. It, this is a super dark story about life. No, I don't think they need to do that. But they didn't make it seem like a, a person piece. They made it seem like, oh, you're going to be seeing elves and gnomes and fairies in this. Oh, interesting. And I'm like, oh, that's not what that is about. Or in there is none of that in the movie. That's so. true. Then again, the I, I did also see Pan, uh, Pan's Labyrinth where I thought it was going to be about a girl going through a mystery maze. And it was, just, it was a Spanish Civil War drama <laughs> in the middle of it all. I was like, oh, this well, is weird. I mean, it's. By Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, but I did. Pretty much everything he does is a Spanish Civil War. Drama. Right, but 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 they didn't. But my point is they didn't sell it as that. They sold it as this other thing, and then this other thing showed up. True. Um, true. I forgot to mention. Chew, you'd be into this. Um, mm. I guess uh, there's a new Futurama mobile game that had been released recently. Oh yeah, I saw this. Eyebrow um, raised. Uh, so that's a thing. But they were talking about. Uh, actually, Hardwick actually is pushing this pretty hard, and I guess it's available to listen to now. He was thinking like, you know, we all love Futurama. Futurama's great. What's the most expensive? But but it keeps like, you know getting canceled. What's the most expensive part of Futurama? And it's yeah. the animation. So oh. we thought, what if we did an episode that's a podcast for free? Oh, and they got all awesome. the they got the voice actors yeah. together, and it's a thing. That's so awesome. I don't know if they're doing like a limited Wait, run. What? They did a podcast episode of Futurama. Really? It's yeah. Audio only podcast episode of Futurama. When? How do? Yeah. How? Where? How? It's on. It's Nerdist. On Nerdist. So okay. I don't know That's if it's actually cool. on the actual Nerdist podcast itself or on Nerdist website. Um, I saw it on YouTube. I was like, this is interesting. And actually, yeah, he decided because he's Chris Hardwick. He's like, yeah, this is the only way I can get into a Futurama episode. So I figured, why not? Because um, he had mentioned, it, I guess, to, to David X. Cohen a long time ago. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's interesting. That's kind of neat. And then they, uh, the people who are mentioning, who are making the game, were like, hey, we want to do some sort of tie-in. We're thinking maybe a podcast. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's something that Hardwood told me about. Let's make that Boom. a thing. And so it's a thing now. There you go. Um, so yeah, uh, a couple that other things. Cool. I got caught up on some uh, since it's almost Halloween time, and I felt like getting caught up on some spooky shows. Uh, I finished watching uh, all of Ash versus Evil Dead that is out oh. there. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy it. It is not family appropriate in any way. Oh, no, I can't imagine how it, would it be. is. If you like, if you like Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness, oh boy, you are in for a treat. Nice. It is. There are some 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 great scenes. Let's just say. Uh, Ash at one point gets he has to go to a morgue and he gets in the fight with an intestinal tract um, and he gets nice. put in somebody's body and in an and interesting it's, way. It's, <laughs> it's him, right? It's uh, oh, it's Bruce, Bruce Campbell. Campbell. Yeah, yeah. and oh, it is yeah. Bruce Campbell hardcore. It is it is great. If you 100% like one hundred percent Bruce Campbell, if you like those old Evil Dead movies, you you would love it. It is like nice. a, like thirty minutes a week of just wonderful. It's a half hour show. Yeah, it's only yeah. half hour. Huh. It's like a comedy horror show. It's really, really well done. Um, it's it's goofy. It's it definitely it's definitely kind of silly and kind of lower budget, but it, but it's it's worth it. Yeah, that's that's how it would have to um, be, I think. And I watched all of Amer- the last season of American so, Horror Story. I'm I'm curious about this. You you're, you're yeah. bringing this up. You know, Ash versus Evil Dead. I get it. There's comics that are like Army of Darkness. So with this, I just thought it's kind of interesting. Curious, like, is it that this last season maybe kind of felt like a comic book or like no, seems to be adapted? I just what was think, the subtitle of the last season? All of them have a different. 
this last one, the, this season right now is called Cult. The season mm-hmm. before that is called Roanoke. So which one did you just finish? I just finished Roanoke, and I watched okay. the first two episodes of the new season, too. Hmm. Um, Roanoke is a, is a hardcore departure from the regular show. Oh. Um, it's shot in such a way that it is a... They shoot the first like six episodes of the show are shot like it's like a like my my, my true ghost story type thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where they have you, actors you playing like, like yeah, shows. this totally happened and it was really scary and weird. Then they cut to reenactments. Mm. And so it's very it's a big departure from what American Horror Story normally is, which you don't watch it, but it's essentially just like pretty straightforward drama television, normal stuff. Uh, I mean horror related, but it's yeah. like it's not like there's no special like gimmick to it. Uh-huh. Um but it's they do it like a show within a show, and then there's a show within the show, oh, and then there's a show within the show within the show. Weird. It's really it, like they do this whole thing at the very end, like wow, it was like one of the highest rated things ever. So how are we gonna top it? Let's bring the whole cast back to this haunted house that's supposedly haunted, and it, it's 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 great. So yeah. it goes from being like one of those shows to like a reality show. It's it's weird. A lot that's of people weird. didn't like it, and I can understand it. I just I want to sit here and defend it and say I really enjoyed it and I thought it was an interesting departure from what they normally do, which is trying something new. And I I, I think it I liked it a lot, but a lot of people I can understand <coughs> if they're used to the normal American horror story why they didn't care for it. I think American horror story with the fact that it, it tends to be like an anthology series and yeah. each season is is a different you know yeah story and and given that they've kind of departed from the quote unquote standard storytelling style like i mean they're back I feel to like, this season that's back yeah to it, but, but i mean like freak, tried. freak show was a bit different you know and then it kind of came back to it a little bit and then it sounds like roanoke's a little bit different yeah um like it, i just feel like man that there's this thing that you could do kind of like anthologies with it, like in, in a comic book realm. And, and there you've got, I'm a little, I mean, they did, they did put out a comic book for a little while. I thought, really? they, I thought they had an American really horror story did. comic. Um, I I'll have did. to do some research if not, on that. Cause dang well should be. I, it seems like it'd be, it'd be a cool way to do or supplemental stuff. Like for yeah. example, like why not have a twisty comic book? You know, like that's, that's <laughs> you need to watch the first episode of the season. Themed, <laughs> themed around, you know, Twisty the Clown. Yeah. Um, it, like, I, it just seems like they have a lot of potential there, right. and that'd be kind of a cool right. thing to see. Um, so, Ryan, I think you're, we're going to announce. Yeah, I wanted to do some cross promotion. Uh, <clears throat> me and Ian have been over on Super Action Bros watching uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We've been calling it. S-A-B-M-C-U. Super Action Bros. Watch the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We're almost done. <laughs> We're almost done. It's yeah. only taken us eight months. Yeah, you've got only. T- well, eight uh, months. If we, if we really break it down, it would have been four months. Yeah, I mean, we, we slowed it down a little bit. But yeah, we, ju- we just saw, uh, we just talked about in the last episode was Doctor Strange. Ryan really enjoyed uh, Doctor really Strange. Which I really liked. Uh, yeah. Before that, we talked about Civil War, which I didn't like as much as everybody said I would. Uh, and you then, liked it, but I then, think you you liked it for. I, yeah. I don't think you liked it like I liked it. <laughs> but yeah, we're just. But we're we got uh, Guardians two, and then we're gonna do Spider Man Home, Homecoming. We're gonna do it two before the end of this month, so that we can uh, go back into regular Super Action Bros. Watch stupid vampire movies. <laughs> uh, that's what that's usually called in October. But uh, if you've wanted to revisit the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, but don't actually want to watch them. You can hear these two Listen goofy us, opinions. On everything it. that we've done on that show in the last eight months has yep. been focused on the MCU. Spoiler alert. I'm really excited to not have to deal with that. Ra- spoiler alert. The one thing about, about Civil War you did like and, and that is controversial on this show is you did like their depiction of Spider-Man. I did. I liked Spider-Man in, in that <laughs> movie. Having previously said like three episodes ago, 
you don't give a rip about Spider-Man or his problems. That's true. <laughs> we'll see how Homecoming pans out for you. We'll find out. I do want to say also, uh, just add on top, that I got done watching uh, season three of Voltron. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah, I need to finish I'm, the been... Defenders. I, have you finished it, Chewie? No, I've got like two more episodes. All right. But so Voltron. so Voltron. Oh, Voltron How's is season three end. You guys, Voltron is amazing. Oh, Here's man, the thing that we didn't know, it. Ryan, because they didn't tell us yeah. at that panel. They said it at uh, I think it was a Comic Con panel that we didn't yeah. go to. Uh-huh. Uh, it's only seven episodes. Oh, what? Netflix. That's not enough. Netflix. They made thirteen, and Netflix is like, we want to release these more often, so let's just cut it in half. You know, so, I've noticed Netflix has started to do that. Uh, I kind of like it because then it's just not like a binge watch. 13 episodes all at once. Yeah. Once you slow down a little bit. I think that's a good idea. Um, so basically, uh, uh, what was I going to say? Things uh, go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Things go, things are insane. And the animation is really good. The character development as usual. Amazing. Nice. Uh, and there is some team changes. What? Yeah. But it's only seven episodes. The next six of which come out next month. Oh, so man. highly recommend that you watch that. All right. I'll catch up. Cool. Uh, well, that is going to wrap us up for this issue of Four Color Commentary. Before we go, though, we want to give you guys a preview of the books we'll be reading next time. Uh, Alan, I believe it's your turn to pick a first print, so what are we doing? It is. Okay, so I want to revisit a thing that we read a long time ago. Okay. Um, we already read all of Scott Pilgrim. We did. So we're going to read the other thing that I really like. Um <laughs> In this case, we're going to revisit Hopeless Savages. Okay. So I know last time we read issue one of the first story, so I really want to flesh out these characters for you guys, and it's really, really fun. So we're going to read two stories, um, because they're pretty short. Um, The first one is just called Hopeless Savages, art by Christine Nori, and uh, flashbacks illustrated by China Clunkston Major. Right. And uh, the second one is called Hopeless Savages Ground Zero, art by Brian Lee O'Malley. And mm. with segments illustrated by Andy Watson okay. um, and then the rest of the team as normal. Pardon me. Um, so this is going to be the same characters. Like, I, it, it's, you know, the girl in last time we checked, their parents had gotten kidnapped by they don't know who. Dude, last time we checked was like three years ago. Yeah. And so this, we're going to finally figure out what happened to their parents and then a little bit more about the family. And I promise it's a good time. Nice. Cool. All right. Uh, and what are we doing for here? Yeah, back, back to you, Alan. <laughs> back to <laughs> hey, you. Hey, here we go again. Uh, so then I'm going to bring uh, another book uh, that I'm finding the creators for currently because this is difficult. Anyway, I want to bring Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Universe. All right. Um, but I do believe it is a, um, a graphic novel. So I think we're just going to read the first 35, let's call it 40 pages. All right. Um, but it looks like it is a Bill Sinkevich, Chris Mowry, Damien Crucero, and Kevin Eastman book, um, among I think, I think a couple that, others. I think that Sinkevich only does the cover. Okay. Ooh. I'm just reading names off of the, of the thing here. So, uh, oh, yeah. So, anyway, uh, TMNT Universe, Volume 1. I think we're just going to read the first 40. Nice. Cool. Chewy, what about you? All right. So uh, the the episode that we record next should come out right at the beginning of October, and that is Spoopy Month. It is. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah the whole two episodes that come out that month. Yep. Um, I'm gonna go (laughs) ahead and get us going into that. Um, 
I'm, I'm actually doing a, a last minute change. I had a book all picked out, but I realized that and I'm like, I don't know if that's spoopy enough. Mm. So I'm going to bring um, an image number one. And uh, this is from 2016. Uh, it is called Demonic um, and it's number one. And I'm, yeah, this one doesn't look like it's good for kids. <laughs> no, it's based like on that. the first what few pre, uh, preview pages. Um, but um, yeah, so I'm going to bring Demonic number one. It's one of six, um, but we'll be reading just the first issue. Cool. All right. Oh, and that's, sorry, the creator's there. Uh, story by Christopher um, Sabella and then art by Dan Brown and Nico Walter. Gotcha. Um, so for my next uh, pick, it's Marvel time in my rotation. Uh, but I'm torn between two different books, um, and I'm kind of interested to see which one you guys pick. They're both, I will give you this clue. Uh, we talked a lot about it. it was two years ago. They had the whole Secret Wars thing, Battle World, whatever. And there's a lot of different weird, one-off kind of strange issues. So I kind of dug through them and found two that I think were interesting, but I'm not sure which one to pick. So I'll leave it to a vote. And I'll let Chewie go first because he never gets to, to vote. Okay. <laughs> so we, do we have a hero-related book or a villain-related book? What? Those are the only hints I get? Those are the only hints you get. Um, hero or villain? Let's see. You know, I'll vote for villain. Okay, um, I'll give. I'll, I'll I'll go to Ryan. Ryan, hero or villain? Um, yeah, let's do a villain. Why not? Okay, all right, guys. So we are reading. Sorry, Alan. Yeah, whatever. Would you have voted for hero or villain, Alan? I was done whatever the opposite was and make Ryan do the tiebreaker anyway. <laughs> all right. Um, so we are going to be reading uh, issue one of a comic called Hail Hydra, um, written by Rick Remender. Uh, <coughs> cover artist hey, is Roland, ba- Roland Bakshi or Roland, Roland Bashi and Andrew Robinson. Uh, so it is. This is the the short the short uh, the short pitch. Uh, peace through strength, honor through obedience, continuance through conformity. Hail Hydra, immortal Hydra. We shall never be destroyed. Cut off one limb, and two shall take its place. We serve none but the Master, as the world shall soon serve us. It is a beautiful utopia that Hydra has created. But when a lone figure from outside the regime appears, could his very presence be enough to bring this perfect society to its ruin? All right. So yeah, All we're right. reading issue one of Hail Hydra. By the way, the other option was. Uh, Captain Marvel and the Carol Corps, which is Kelly Sue DeConnick. I'll probably bring that next time. But yeah, I wanted to look more into the because we talked. We were so excited about it when it came out. Yep. We read like Weird World and like yeah. uh, uh, yeah. and Ghost Racers, but we really haven't delved into any of the other ones. So I wanted to check out some of the other ones based on creative teams and stuff. So yep, Hail Hydra number one. Uh, so I am bringing a book, uh, another very recent book actually, uh, that just came out. A book called Spy Seal, <laughs> uh, okay. written and drawn by is. Rich Tommaso. Uh, he's about bringing that. Britain's slickest secret agent. <laughs> get it? Because he's slippery when wet. I get it. Yep. It's cute. Uh, All right. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap us up for this here episode of uh, a four color commentary. We want to thank you guys for uh, for joining us and come back to the only podcast where, you know, even though we don't talk about sports, if there's a manga about it, odds are we're probably going to love it. Pass me the rock. I'm Alan. <laughs> now, <laughs> Give me the rock. I'm Chewy. Throw me the pigskin. I'm Ian. Are we talking about sports still? I'm Ryan. <laughs> Stay near me, everybody.
This has been a production of the Stuff and Things Podcast Network. Exclusively at stuffandthingsnetwork.com.